Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popcha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Richard, we forgot something on last episode. Oh, not fucking. We didn't. We did franchise. We ranked it. No, 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 no. We forgot to mention that Alien was our 700th film watched for film franchise mm. Fortnites, uh, making Predator, which is today's franchise, our 706th. Yay! Hey! What a significant number! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 700 films, buddy. I mean, according, you know, there's there's grey areas. By some metric, yeah. Yeah, uh, but 700 films is pretty cool. Over mm. 700 films is pretty Nothing cool. Nothing to shake your dick at. <laughs> you shake your dick at something you don't, mm. you don't like. That's so... That- uh, like that's a, like a third of the films I've watched in my life have been for this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that mm. makes sense if you Im- impose like a reason to watch, mm. you know, to watch films, and we've been doing mm. it for nearly seven years. Like that, that makes sense. God. Welcome along. If this is your first episode, what a strange one to pick! But welcome along yeah. um, to Film Franchise Fortnites on the Cop Pops Podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm joined as usual by Richard. You're in the middle. We're in the middle of covering the Alien vs. Predator movies. Last week, we did Alien. Last week? Last week, we did Alien. (laughs) This week, we're doing Predator. The Predator movies, which are only connected to Alien by a a, a duo of... um, of Mm. decanonized crossover films, which we'll cover next week. That's not true, Alan. Well, we'll see. Um, (laughs) Why'd you call me Alan? I was doing a... uh... Dakota Johnson thing. Oh, E-L-L-E-N. Well, the name Alan is going to come up later, so stay tuned. Well, I look forward to that. Um, Yeah, we are doing the uh, six, is it five or six Predator movies? Five. I only watched five of them, so. (laughs) Seven last week as well. I think it's because it feels like, and I think for a lot of my life, I assumed there was one more Predator movie between two and three. Like, yeah, I assumed sure. there was a film called Predator 3, but mm. there isn't. And what, the E is a 3. And the E would be a 3, correct. Yeah, of course, obviously. Yeah, so six films including Predator, Predator 2, Predators, The Predator, and Prey. <laughs> uh, these are the five films for which we will be discussing today, opening with, um, and starting in 1987 with Predator. This film was directed by John McTiernan. And do you know what else he's directed? Uh, nothing we've co- well, nothing you've covered on the podcast. Nothing I've covered on the podcast. Yes, uh, do- he directed Die Hard and and Die Hard with a Vengeance, among other like seminal. He went to jail. Action. 
movies, did he? Mm? What did he go to jail for? Uh, I, I think it was like a tax thing, maybe. Ah, that's the least sexy crime. Yeah, he... Criminal charges, felony conviction, and incarceration. He was charged in federal court with making a fa- false statement to an FBI investigator. And okay, yeah, he was. He went to prison. <laughs> that's very different. Okay. Oh, I don't is know. He's... It's all some. It's it's fucking. It's boring. It's all shit. bureaucratic and boring. Yeah. Why do you? Is he still in prison? No, I believe. So he he surrendered to federal prison in 2013 to serve a 12 month sentence, and then he. At the Yankton, which Forbes magazine ranked as one of America's 10 cushiest prisons. Um, Apparently, though, while he was incarcerated, his wife said it was very hard for him and he lost 30 pounds and was suffering from depression and completely emotionally disintegrating there. While in prison, he managed to write... I would not be depressed, tell you. (laughs) Um, While in prison, he managed to write a possible sequel for The Thomas Crown Affair. (laughs) Very cool. With the working title, Thomas Crown and the Missing Lioness. His supporters created a free John McTiernan Facebook page, including expressions of support from Samuel Jackson, Alec Baldwin, and Brad Bird. He was released in 2014 after 328 days of incarceration incarceration to um, serve the remainder of his 12-month prison sentence under house arrest. Imagine being in prison and seeing one of your inmates and being like, oi, that's the director of Predator. <laughs> oh, that guy made the Thomas Crown affair. <laughs> and Rollerball. Well, John uh, Jailbird McTiernan was not always going to direct Predator. According to one dead link on Wikipedia, mm. um, at one point, no, sorry, it wasn't a dead link. I just clicked the link and it did not. And it died. <laughs> no, it, no, was, it, it wasn't like that when you found it. No, <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't provide the information, as Wikipedia put it. But apparently, uh, New Zealand director Jeff Murphy was considered to direct an early version wow. of Predator. I really like Jeff Murphy, and I think he would have made a great Predator. Like I mean, playing it? a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hollywood has has housed some great predators. <laughs> That's true. You cannot deny their output. Mm. <laughs> um, what do you think Predator has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to guess it's it's uh, mid-80s. It's very early 80s. Oh. Unlike the date the film came out. 82. 80. Just wow. 80%. Wow. Uh, what's it about? What is Predator about? For those... Those who have not seen it and are tuning into a podcast discussing it and its sequels, what is Predator 1987 about? Uh, so a group of paramilitary macho dudes yeah. are sent to the- A cool guys. <laughs> uh, to a Central American jungle to rescue uh, some official. But wait, the official is a predator. No, no, wait. There is a predator. And oh. when I say predator, I don't mean your, you know, Harvey Weinstein's or Alex Jones's. I'm talking about like a hunter. Is Alex Jones a predator? Uh, one of them is. <laughs> okay, all right, mate. Come on. The this, this coming from Ricky Martin, who only just very <laughs> recently quelled some incest accusations. So. Well, yeah, coming from the, this coming from Alexander, what's wrong with incest Jones? <laughs> Let's not get into that out of context. Do you want to explain to people your uh, 
your fun party <laughs> game. <laughs> I just think it's funny to put people through the mental process of explaining why consensual incest is wrong. I'm cutting this out of the beginning of the episode. <laughs> All right, we'll circle back. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just. There's an alien in the jungle. Yeah, there's an alien in the jungle. The original, the film's original working title was "There's an Alien in the Jungle," but then they realized obviously people would be expecting it to be. Like tied to Alien. So they changed the name to Predator. And, you know, as as is pointed out at some points in the in the film franchise, which we may or may not get to, he's not really a predator. Like it's mm. he's he's hunting for sport. And mm. so it's this alien, this cool dreadlocked alien with these big old mandibles who just loves hunting, just loves killing people, and mm. yeah, they're waiting, they're awaiting a chopper rescue. The, hence yeah. the famous get to the chopper as said by Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, yeah it's the, the aliens from the future or like has futuristic technology so it's it's from the future what? I so did it's not like realize bra, um, you know macho bravado 80s mm. masculinity it's- versus cool dreadlocked alien it's been called like one of the quintessential 80s action films and mm. um, though in that sense it's 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 got elements of horror as well which i think disqualifies it from being called quintessential it Ooh. makes it a better film but is it quintessential if it's like a mi- mix of of different genres well, i didn't pick Who up knows? any horror elements well you watched it as a 29 year old adult not as a 12 year old boy like i do uh, i would like you to bleep was... my age aj <laughs> okay i bleep 12 <laughs> um what did you you hadn't seen this before no i was i was too busy uh getting laid <laughs> in 1987 yeah oh nice <laughs> very cool <laughs> uh yeah no i hadn't seen any of the predator films I had a lot of people telling me, people asking me if I've watched Prey recently, as it as it recently came out, and mm-hmm. I said no, I haven't even seen Predator. And then I went back and told those same people, "Oh, do you know what I watched for the first time this week? Predator." And they said, "Oh, you mean Prey, the new one?" And I said, "No, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before. I'm talking about I watched the original Predator. I'm going to watch Prey tonight. I had this conversation mm-hmm. yesterday." <laughs> nice. And were they? What happened? Were they surprised? Uh, we got into a big fight. Oh no! Yeah. I'm, well, I, I back your your side. Whatever. Mm, yeah, I backed him over with my car. <laughs> what? So, what did you think of Predator? Uh, I thought it was dumb. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> uh yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's it's a fun eighties. Like it, it is, you know. And I know this is controversial but I think it is one of the quintessential 80s action films. <laughs> and I was sort of like, my my first sort of instinct watching it was like, this is like if aliens had nothing to say. That's <laughs> such a good way to put it. <laughs> but then I was like, does Predator have something to say? And I was like, I think, and I, yeah. I wanted to float that. And I think, you know, it's sort of saying, you know, as as macho as you want to be sometimes you have to take on a predator (laughs) yeah no totally i i do i wonder if like 
there is a and i've 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 heard people say it this way but i i don't know if it is true or not and and you know looking at the artists involved you you may disagree or agree i wonder if there's like a starship troopers-esque satire Mm. going on and and predator that goes over people's heads um because uh when we watch when when so I this it finally happened by the way I mentioned mm. this last week I watched a movie out of leisure in my free time in my non podcast life and then we had the the Patreon voted and we had to cover the same franchise I'd just seen weeks earlier which is something I've been worried about since this podcast I don't watch began. franchise movies <laughs> exactly um but it finally happened so that I've seen this movie twice in the last probably month and a half you um full. And when we first watched uh, watched this, me and my flatmates, um, it was after we'd watched Prey, the, the new one. Mm. Uh, and my flatmate, Christy, was very confused to discover that the original movie is this bravado 80s. Mm. When the new one's all woke and shit. Well, it's more like, I don't, it's just a more, um, I don't know, grounded movie. Yeah, yeah, the alien coming to Earth is real grounded. <laughs> I do wonder, yeah, if there's supposed to be like a self-aware subversion to Predator. Um, it tricks you into thinking it's just another Schwarzenegger catchphrase marathon, mm. but then everyone's outmatched and perhaps... Yeah, I mean, he does say, it's it's a catchphrase sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> he says, get the chopper. They say, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, stick around after he pegs the guy with a machete. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a catchphrase it's a catchphrase 400 meters okay fair enough <laughs> um yeah I, but yeah maybe, maybe subversion is the wrong word but it is a film which uses your expectations and familiarity with the kind of movie it is to enhance how threatening the predator mm. the predator is because no matter how macho and strong you are there's always a bigger fish yeah and sometimes that fish. A line not from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> a line not from this movie, which isn't even like a thematic thing in <laughs> Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is. If Phantom Menace was smart, it would be thematically about how there's always a bigger fish. But it's not at all, is it? Do they say that in Phantom <laughs> yeah, Menace? Yeah, when, when they're in on Naboo. On the Qui Gon Jin. <laughs> I haven't seen Star Wars. I don't know. <laughs> I watched Predator for the first time when I was 11 or 12, I said, and I remember being so captivated by it. It was like on TV. I missed the first probably half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I remember my dad being like, oh, yeah, this is Predator. You, you check out Predator. And the the bit that, that I always the remember. Check out Predator um, was my nickname in high school. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. <laughs> um, the bit that I always remember uh it's like really loving as a kid is when um dylan and mac spot the predator in between the two trees so this is bill duke and um uh what's his name from we got a stugo and carl oh, Carl with us <laughs> when they when they um when they they're hiding and they then and bill du- bill duke goes like look over there between them two trees and you look over and you can see this invisible wavy because the predator because the predator's waving at them advice is waving at them um and i just remember that being so cool and so scary and like it just really like piqued my interest um there are a few things i didn't remember revisiting it as an adult though the first uh, half of, of the those, film that you missed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
one of those was I did not remember that the Predator mimics the characters, and it was only mm. um, Disney Plus's subtitles that made it clear that when he <laughs> maniacally laughs at the end as he's blowing himself up, the Predator, mm. um, it's supposed to be him mimicking Billy, one of the characters. Laughing. It should be and, mimicking a character with a more distinct laugh. Sure. Imagine because... if, he'd, if he'd kill Jimmy Carr, and then when he's dying, go, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> he kills Seth Rogen, and he's like, huh, um, or me, yeah, yeah, or or any anyone with a distinct with a distinct laugh. Who are some others we can think of? He, he kills Mandark from Dexter's Laboratory, <laughs> and as he's dying, he's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he kills um Jared Leto's Joker, and he goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. So for those who have for some reason listening to this and haven't seen Predator, it ends with he's been bested by Arnie and instead of dying quietly, he... He won't shut up. <laughs> ...triggers a nuclear explosion um, and he laughs while he's doing it. And I always remember that being like this weird thing where the Predator just laughs, but it's much better. It's like, do they have like stand-up a... comedy on Predator World? <laughs> Predator Land? Why, do they, why Predator, does he need the ability to laugh? <laughs> um, so the the... Uh, inception of this film actually began with a piece of trivia. Oh, I could recite this off by heart. A piece of trivia we've walked out, we've taken for a walk around the block on the podcast before, which is that following the release of Rocky IV, um, a joke circulated in Hollywood that since Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents, he would have to fight an alien if a fifth film were to be made. A hilarious observation on how four sequels was apparently too many in the 80s. Mm, like, so he fights the same person in the first two films, and then he fights two more people, and they're like, that's the entire population of Earth. That's the planet. <laughs> yeah. So this that, that's where the idea for Predator started. Screenwriters and brothers, Jim and John Thomas, took inspiration from the joke and wrote a screenplay based on it. The Thomas's script for Predator was originally titled There's an Alien in the Jungle. <laughs> no, it, was, it was originally titled Hunter, which is definitely a more accurate description of yeah, like, oh, the, yeah, there's the a few times in the franchise they say, well, he's not a predator, he, he acts more like a hunter, and they go, well, predator sounds cooler. <laughs> so, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, probably one of his most well-known roles as as Dutch, he's a, a no-nonsense uh, army guy. guy. <laughs> he's like some kind of no-nonsense <laughs> army guy. This is what he said upon... Um, I think in reflection of Predator as a film, he said... Do the voice. Of course. The first thing I look for in their script is a good idea. A majority of scripts are rip-offs... This is such a long quote. Are rip-offs of (laughs) other movies. People think they can become successful overnight. They sat down one weekend and wrote a script because they read that Stallone did that with Rocky. Predator is one of the scripts I read, and it bothered me in one way. It was just me and the alien, so we redid the whole thing so that it was a team of commandos. And then I like, then I liked the idea. <laughs> I thought it would make a much more effective movie and be much more believable. I liked the idea of starting out an action adventure and then coming in with some horror and science fiction. Well, I think people are going to be very impressed with your Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I can't believe that's what we deprived the world of when we covered Terminator (laughs) (laughs) when we swore we'd never do it yeah Um, yeah, if Schwarzenegger's in two or more of the films you're not allowed to do it but if he's only in one treat yourself oh it's fine yeah yeah if we cover 
Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this this quote really endears me to Schwarzenegger, and I de- I dare say he gets it, Richard. Mm. If he can read a script where they're like Schwarzenegger, you're it's you versus an alien, and he goes, "There should be more people," which yeah. is a brilliant like like a essential factor in the in the film. I think he might he might understand his own brand for such a for a guy who seems like a bastion of no self awareness. Yeah, <laughs> like the Republican governor is. of California. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Schwarzenegger. This is our tenth Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> film we've watched for the podcast. Can you name the other nine? Uh, okay, so how many Terminator films are there? There are six Terminator films. So there's the six Terminator films. Are you counting what? Salvation? No, he's not in Salvation. Right, well, his likeness is used. Okay, so li- But he's not credited as starring. He's him. not credited. <laughs> <laughs> so that's five right there. Then mm-hmm. Expendables 2. He is in all three Expendables. <laughs> and one and three. Yeah. <laughs> so that's eight. Yeah. So we've got one more? Yeah, we've got one more. And he's also in... Is it an action movie franchise? Gotta get the Turbo Man doll. <laughs> oh, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> what, me or the movie? Um, I haven't decided yet. Uh, <laughs> Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Uh, we also see the return of Peter Cullen in this film, who voices Optimus Prime, among several other animated mm. characters. Uh, he is not credited, but or predated, but he voices <laughs> the Predator. Oh. Um, and he based it off the communicative clicks of a gurgling horse crab, horseshoe crab. Uh-huh. Uh, that's apparently what it sounds like. He was apparently bleeding from the throat after doing oh, wow. King Kong in the 70s King Kong movie and was like, I can't do this. But then saw the character and was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll make some throat clicks. And that'll be the I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. I thought the clicking wasn't as prominent as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that's what it, the predator is remembered for specifically. What, no, see, so this is the thing that I think it is what it's remembered for, but I don't know if watching it, if it would be what I would remember it for. I also didn't know or had mostly forgotten that the predator goes invisible. <laughs> now that's a big part of it. That's a massive part of it. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> The clicking, the dreadlock, yeah. Mm, you remember the dreadlocks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you asked me what I know about a predator. A week ago, I would have said the dread, the dreaditor. Because he's got dreadlocks. Mm. You would have said he's got dreadlocks and he's 100% visible the whole film. <laughs> yeah, I know these things for certain. <laughs> well, um, according to IMDb, I can tell you how the invisibility cloaking effect was achieved because it mm. is kind of cool, especially for the the time period. Mm. Um, the guy playing the uh, predator, whose name was Kevin Peter Hall, uh, he wore a bright red suit, like a mm. red morph suit, because wow. that was that's the opposite color of the jungle. Um, and uh, the the red was removed with chroma key effects, yeah. leaving an empty area. And then the take was repeated without the actors um, using a thirty percent wider lens, so that optically uh, it becomes this this you know it's, weird it's like distortion slightly distorted thing yeah yeah that's cool yeah because it it is one of those things where it's like this you you want to show where the predator is Mm. so you don't just want to have them react to nothing 
but I like that they kind of committed to how the predator looks when it's invisible. And like, even, you know, when they've got, when we can, you know, we can make shit invisible in our sleep now and we can make things look completely different. We can do whatever we want with CGI that they Mm. still really committed to this kind of like, he's still pretty visible. It's like, it it definitely looks more like it's a camouflage than a, than a, he's actually invisible. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, the did you know that Jean Claude Van Damme was originally going to play the Predator? Wow. Uh, he didn't want, but they they the, the the idea was like we get someone who's like a martial arts expert, yeah. and it'll be that that versus Arnie. But they didn't think he looked imposing enough next to Arnie, uh, who at the time was the largest man in the world. Um, yeah, and also J- uh, JCVD's quite short in stature, I think. Right. Okay. Um. So he also apparently complained that he wasn't. He was, he was never going to be himself. He was just going to be like he wanted to be in the film. <laughs> <laughs> like e- every every Jean Claude Van Damme film has to have yeah. a scene where he's out of character. <laughs> it's in his contract. Though, like every you watch Sudden Death, and there's a mm. scene in there where he meets mm. Jean Claude Van Damme at the hockey game. <laughs> nice, very cool. Is that true? Uh, could be. <laughs> Uh, so he was replaced with Harry and the Henderson star Kevin Peter Hall, who is seven foot two and presumably played Harry. Um, That's Hall, so tall. <laughs> that Hall would return for Predator Two, but actually died a year after the sequel's release of AIDS, uh, which he contracted oh. via a blood transfusion transfusion after a car accident. Fuck! Wow. Imagine getting a blood transfusion and you get AIDS from it. Yeah. But yeah, we were like, we've saved your life, but we have poisoned you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know uh, what uh, Dutch's real name is, according to the script? Peter. No, it's Alan Schaefer. Oh, yeah. That's the lamest name. I can't imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a character named Al- Alan. Alan Schaefer! My name is Alan. <laughs> Alan. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between the film franchise Fortnite's Alans? Yeah. Alan Dutch Schaefer, Alan Grant, or Alan from Jumanji? <laughs> so Robert Williams, Sam Neill, or Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, this is like our, our second franchise with an unexpected Alan. Mm. after the velociraptor season (laughs) yeah i mean the the easy answer would be that dutch has got it down because he's the strongest but alan grant is squirrely he gets himself out of like Mm. near impossible scenarios you know yeah i think alan alan from jumanji or no but he's he's probably more experienced with jungle monsters than dutch's i think dutch might be the the first one to go here I I don't think he would be. No? No. Because he's a survivor. Yeah. It's in yeah. his contract. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Did you did you like any of the cool lines in Predator, Richard? Did you no, like I liked all the bad you, lines. Oh yeah. I liked I reckon, the expository dialogue. <laughs> I reckon when he throws the machete in it and it pins the guy and he says stick around mm. I reckon that nearly ruins the film <laughs> <laughs> I think it's such like like if, if it's satire then fine if it's like lulling you into thinking it's just another 
Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, then fine. But right, so you need John McTiernan to comment on whether the yeah. film is a satire well, or not for you to, to <laughs> see which way you fall on yeah. that line. Schwarzenegger apparently improvised that line. It's just so fucking lame. I hate it so much. But conversely, I think if it bleeds, we can kill it is an awesome line for mm. you know a, a classic action movie. And I think about it a lot. I think, yeah. If something bleeds, that does mean you can kill it. <laughs> it's just a cool line. I really like it. There's also, um, yeah, get to the chopper, as you mentioned. There's, mm. um, um, look out for the predator. <clears throat> there's your one ugly motherfucker, which is mm. repeated and changed throughout the series. But I think my favorite has got to be, do it, kill me. Come on, do it now, kill me. <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, when he's talking to Carl Weathers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, IMDb trivia, Richard. Let me tell you about IMDb trivia. I, I, I like how smart it is. It's well, not always, Richard. Sometimes it's dumb as hell what? because it's, of course, user submitted. It's the first so I've anyone, heard of it. <laughs> anyone can submit anything. And here is a piece of dumb IMDb trivia I found for Predator. Uh, Max Death was ranked number two by IO9 of the 10 best Predator kills. Is that going to be coming up a lot? <laughs> no, I just think it's funny that on a list called the 10 best Predator kills, the only one that was worthy an entry on IMDb was number two. <laughs> it's not even number one. <laughs> if it was number one, I'd be like, right, okay. So they're, they're telling us that like IO9 decided this was the best death, but it's not. And none of the other deaths are listed on, nice. the, side, on the trivia page. I'm so baffled by this. <laughs> Why would you list number two? What's the what's the best? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up what's the best one. What did Now Playing Podcast give this one? I couldn't find Now what? Playing Podcast. I don't think IO9 exists as a website anymore. Wow. No wait 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 maybe it got deleted as this person was entering them <laughs> that was the only one he could i found it's on oh. gizmodo okay oh. oh there's spoilers for alien vs predator here all right okay. so if number two is continue reading <laughs> um if number two is max death Oh, okay, this explains it. Number one is Dutch Survives. That's not a fucking <laughs> death. What on earth? <laughs> That's so funny. What a what a thread to pull on. What a rewarding result. <laughs> I feel so alive. <laughs> one question we ask as on this podcast as well, Richard, and we always remember to ask it is french wise french why (laughs) french (laughs) french who (laughs) why did predator spawn a franchise do you have any thoughts i think pretty early on they would have realized we got to put this thing up against alien that's a very um, i mean so the the predator if Predator has, like, existed anywhere the most prominently in pop culture, it's actually been, like, comic books and stuff, mm. far more than movies. Um, and the Alien vs. Predator did not take long to um, to, to surface in the comic books. Um, and when, when the first film came out, uh, the uh, 20th Century Fox uh, executive pr- um, approached Jim and John Thomas and asked them to write a sequel. And they pitched six ideas. 
One of them was putting the creature in an urban jungle, which the studio liked. Um, and I couldn't find exactly what the other six ideas were, but I did find a transcript from an issue, uh, of, from issue 161 of Starlog magazine from oh, wow. sometime in, in 1990. I was only subscribed till uh, issue 160, so I'm keen to hear uh, how this okay. pans out. Jim and John were interviewed and they said, there are definitely possibilities for a real franchise here, says John Thomas. The Predator could show up in a different time period, like the Old West. Mm. It could wind up on other planets. The pro- possibilities are pretty limitless. I think Alien vs. Predator is a good idea, but that will probably never happen. Uh, on film, though it is already ha- has in Dark Horse Comics acclaimed licensed Alien vs. Predator miniseries, chuckles Jim Thomas. My personal favourite would be to have Predator beat the crap out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, so interesting, both that um, they they pitch Alien vs. Predator as a movie, and also a period piece, which will come back. Mm. Um, but yeah, moving on now to Predator 2, which came out in 1990. This was directed by Stephen Hopkins, who's directed something in film franchise Four Nights before. Do you know what it is? Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. He did not direct the Muppets Take Manhattan, um, though that would be a funny alternate title for Predator 2. <laughs> he directed A Nightmare on Elm Street Five, i did know that the, actually yeah the dream child and what do you think that predator 2 has on ron tomatoes 48 32 oof 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 what is it about it's a reverse ace ventura <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh a predator starts hunting down gang members in the distant future of 1997 the police force get wind of it and uh take him down and then there's also like a another task force hunting it down but it ends up being a standoff between murtar and from lethal weapon and the predator and he defeats the predator and then all these other predators show up and are like hey you killed our friend and I respect like you for kid. it. <laughs> He's got balls. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, they give him a pistol, which, you know, I'm sure we'll never hear from again. And uh, we see a xenomorph skull as well from Alien. Yes, on their ship. Yeah, which um, is like their part of their like trophy cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. I do before we get really into the nitty gritty of Predator 2, mm. I have a fun little piece of uh random you you randomly poorly placed useless cool. statistics Always which is welcome also a little bit of a title um you know oh, we talk Jesus about titles thing so obviously predator 2 is like you know the most run-of-the-mill title for a mm. predator sequel the but i was thinking how often do we actually see a film which a sequel, which is just the exact title of the first film, followed by a numeral two, not a Roman numeral, not like spelt out T W O like Happy Feet, just the exact title of the first film, and then the number two. So we've covered. Is it, is it that rare? I would have thought that was the more common execution of sequel titles. So. We've done how many? How many sequels have we seen? We've got how many? How many films are on? There? How many sequels have we seen? So, or how many? How many like first sequels? So we've got a hundred and sixty 
um, franchises we've covered, mm. how many, so that's roughly 160 first sequels, how many do you oh, think have the name, first ti- title of the first one, number two? I'm going to say at least half. 21. Only 21. Yeah, the, well, including Predator 2. What are they? <laughs> do, you want to go, do you want me to go through them? Yeah. Um, I think I just went through the complete... So, actually, the first franchise we covered was one, mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon. Which also starred Danny Glover. Yeah, then we've got um, Ghostbusters doesn't count. Ev- um, Evil Dead doesn't count because it's The Evil Dead and then Evil Dead 2. Um, Spider-Man 2, Scary Movie 2, uh, another Friday the 13th, another The Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Shrek 2, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2. Um, what else have we got? The fact you weren't prepared for me to ask you to list them all, I just, <laughs> I just wouldn't have asked. I, I assumed yeah. you'd have the Jungle Book two. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the Transformers. Control F two. Control F two. Well, it's, it's on multiple pages. <laughs> um, yeah, Dumb and Dumber two doesn't count. Hundred two dumbish. Daddy's Home two is one. Mm-hmm. And then something Bad like Leon Moms Stitch 2. Bad Moms 2 in some regions. Huh? Yeah. Bad but, Moms 2 in some regions. Um, uh, American Pie 2 is one, which I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Mm. Critters 2. Scream 2. Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible 2 was like, I wasn't sure whether to count it because on the poster it's MI number 2, but then the actual film is Mission Impossible Roman numeral 2. Yeah, Mission Impossible is dicey like that. Mm. Toy Story 2. Yeah. Final well, that's great and too. and trivia that I'm legitimately very interested yeah. in. And thank you for bringing up. I don't know if I'd make the distinction between num- numerical and Roman numerals. I guess maybe I'm thinking more like phonetically. Well, that, that's the thing is that I feel like Roman numeral is, and well, well that, that's why I made the distinction because I was curious that like just seeing Predator two, and maybe it's maybe what I'm picking up on is that we see this a lot less. Mm. these days i think films these days are more inclined to have a subtitle or to yeah, like yeah. do something with it that i was looking at the title predator 2 and i think as well because it doesn't it's just one word and then a number two that i was like we actually don't really see this that often sure yeah and i thought it might be one of those things that we probably see a lot less than we think 21 times there we go and we do see it a lot less than i thought jingle all the way to bad santa 2 high school musical 2 mm. three franchises in a row I meant to. So, I thought um, Predator Two, for all its uh, poor critical reception, I thought it was fine. I thought it was relatively serviceable. Um, there's a subplot about like a, a voodoo gang <laughs> that I yeah. thought was a bit weird um, and didn't really fit in the film. But it, I thought it was it satisfied the what if Predator was in the city? Itch. Yeah, the Predator takes Manhattan. Yeah, there's not a better version of that pitch i don't think than this yeah have you got the uh tagline for the film written down because it is phenomenal what was it again uh he's in town with a few days to kill <laughs> it's so like it's so funny to think of this franchise as, as in any way connected to alien when this that's the tagline for part two yeah it's so it's so inelegant <laughs> yeah coming from in space no one can hear you scream yeah 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 <laughs> no it, it, that, that's that's such a good one few days yeah. to kill because he's going to be killing people but also you know people exactly. say like time to kill exactly not a time to kill starring samuel jackson and matthew McConaughey. yeah 
I actually quite liked the ending. I thought it adds yeah. a, a, a cool amount to the lore. And so to reiterate, Danny Glover ends up on the Predator's ship um, and he defeats the Predator there. And then he's greeted by a bunch of other Predators who give him like a, this this pistol as a trophy. And he leaves and it's like, it's genuinely like, it feels like something that you would read was cut from the first film. Uh-huh. It's like the, the, the pterodactyl, room in Jurassic Park 3 like it's got that kind of like this is as good as anything in the first one um kind of vibe yeah I do think it's like um as well that the giving the antique pistol and knowing going into this knowing that's addressed in Prey is like Mm. that's insane that this was just a thing that happens in Predator 2 for over 30 years yeah so the it's set up a comic book if that makes a little bit more sense um but yeah like i didn't necessarily like the movie overall but i don't know it was all right and um yeah it's it's the ending was was pretty good i thought yeah but like like you say i I like that the predator has like a code yeah and yeah they had that like they don't harm disqualifying him as a predator (laughs) yeah that they don't have they they like don't harm unarmed people in this film yeah which is like one thing. Imagine like you're a kid and you're terrified of Predator, and then your dad's just like, "Well, just, you, if you don't have a gun, he's not going to get you." Yeah, and if you're I'd a like, naked oh, yeah. lady, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> After you watch the Predator together. Why my dad is telling me it if I'm a naked lady, but I agree <laughs> nonetheless. This is our sixth Danny Glover film after the four Lethal Weapons and Jumanji The Next Level. (laughs) Uh, And our third Gary Busey, the recently cancelled Gary Busey. Our third film, I think so, um, from him after The Magnificent Seven Ride, a film I did not remember he was in or (laughs) even remember the name of. I mean, he is also, if you'll remember, the villain of Lethal Lethal Weapon. Weapon. It was his first film role, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think so. Uh, this is also our fifth Bill Paxton movie after Aliens. So there is actually an actor that shares that shows it's up in both yeah. franchises. And um, he also he quite famously is the only person to be killed by oh no him and one other person to be mm-hmm. killed by an alien, a predator, and a terminator. But I He's think Lance Hendrickson also Lance gets, Hendrickson, but he, he doesn't, doesn't die by, by all three. He's in all three franchises, but he doesn't actually get killed. by He's all not three. in Predator. Uh, let me let me Google this. Um, Bill Paxton was also in Spy Kids two and Spy Kids three D. Uh, for those wondering what his other films were, oh, he, he's in um, Alien vs Predator. That's Hendrickson. Ah, ah, ah. Does he play Bishop? <sighs> I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yeah, yeah. So, but um, Lance Hendrickson is severely damaged by a an alien, <laughs> but not killed. <laughs> that's true i mean he dies eventually i guess just not necessarily because of the alien uh he plays charles bishop wayland wayland wow i'm looking forward to all this lore that avp is going to reveal yeah. to us <laughs> um so as you said before it is set uh predator 2 is set 10 years after predator placing this film in what was then the distant future of 1997 and this is interesting because the then non-existent subway in los angeles started operating the same year the film hit theaters so the scene in the subway was mm. not that didn't exist in no, like what a crazy future that in seven years los angeles will have a subway <laughs> system. one that's already grimy and dirty <laughs> <laughs> there's a um 
like light rail going in in Auckland that I wouldn't even be confident to say will be open in seven years. And it's mm. and it, its projected opening date was like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Famous, famous, the famous Auckland light rail gate. Yeah. So Schwarzenegger did not return for Predator 2. However, a role was indeed written for him and he was even in talks but reportedly didn't like the script which positioned him as almost an antagonist to Danny Glover's character. Um, And he also thought he should have been paid 250k more than what he was given which sounds like was the real reason um, he didn't. (laughs) Um, This role was eventually given to Gary Busey who plays Keys. Uh, So that role was... uh, I wonder if Dutch... I kind of like the idea of like the main character from your first film serving like a bureau as like a bureaucracy antagonist to the main character mm. of the new film. Um, I don't know if I've seen. I that feel like I watched something with. Does it happen in Alien? It happens in something that. that I, something I've seen really recently. Right. Hmm. Let us know in the comments if you can think of any examples where like it's it's more specific than just. Like, oh no! I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of um, David and um in prometheus and alien covenant right okay i'm so- talking more like less like the villain of the piece and more like as an opposing um yeah, yeah. force to the main character i feel like that's done a couple of times in, in different things um steven seagal was also approached to star in predator 2 but ultimately was not uh selected because he sucks because he <laughs> brought too many ideas to the table um wanting his character to be a cia psychiatrist and martial arts expert uh very cool damn Roger Ebert uh, gave the film two out of four stars, suggesting that it represents an angry and ugly dream, which is like, okay. Um, He also felt that the creature's design had racist undertones where subliminal clues encourage us to subconsciously connect the menace with black males. What do you think about that? Do you think there's any yeah, credence I mean, to that? If, if you want to put that onto him, uh, Roger, that sounds like your stuff <laughs> you're dealing with. I, I, think, I think it's definitely not something that should be looked into. And, uh, and like, I, yeah, I, I've, I've... I mean, he is played by a black man. That's true. And, uh, the film but, and I would also say that something something like Dreadlocks as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, they're not actually Dreadlocks, are they? They're, they're appendages on this alien creatures that doesn't make it less necessarily less racially because uh, mm. it's a fictional creature but yeah yeah um so the the predator has an interesting legacy of uh its directors commenting on why the movie didn't do too well um <laughs> and it starts here with stephen hopkins um who said it's so over the top i just sort of went for it and made the biggest boldest loudest movie i could make i was only 29 years old same age as, oh, as, as you richard uh and me don't worry <laughs> i was like a rampant child running around los angeles blowing the shit out of everything and everyone no um and making things as bloody as possible about the modest reception of the box office and the cult status since its release he added it had a big initial opening weekend if i can remember correctly but i think many people were disappointed that arnold wasn't in it a lot of people like the film and some prefer it to the original just because it's in the city and more contemporary uh, and i think i i do wonder if just like not having arnold in it was like a massive seen as like a massive blemish 
um at mm. the time um i've heard i was reading that like a lot of critics like praised danny glover's performance which is almost kind of as as baffling to me as people being upset that arnold's not in it it's like oh yeah i guess he was all right um but, but <laughs> yeah. danny glover himself uh commented on his performance saying he's proud of it saying i have two films i've done that i feel that i feel that i was bigger than life in in which i felt i could control the space silverado and for me and predator 2 and Predator 2 was like, who's the baddest cat in your space? And the baddest cat says, I'm going to challenge you. Mano e mano. I was, the baddest, mano, mano. I was the baddest guy in his space. What happens? I kill him. And then the others come around and I'm like, all right, who's next? I was about 42, 43 in the best shape of my life. Best shape I've been in. I was running on the beach, had my, tra- had my training. I was lifting weights a lot more than I am now. I was really feeling it in that movie. So good on you, Danny Glover. <laughs> really feeling yourself. Um, yeah, good for him. Is there is there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding Predator Two? Hmm. Predator Two. Predator Two. Predator. Predator Two. That's what they should have called it. Oh, yeah. Predators did not come out for Ooh. twenty years, um, which is felt, felt like it. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? You, it's it's it came out in twenty ten, so twenty years after Predator Two. It was directed by a guy named Nimrod Antel, Nimrod Antel, um, or maybe Nimrod, because there's an umlaut over the the O. That's not an umlaut. That's an accent. Oh, sorry. It was interestingly produced by Robert Rodriguez, who had quite a lot to do with uh, the production yeah. as a whole. What do you think it has on Ron Tomato? 69. 65. What's it about? Predators is about a group of people who have nothing to do with each other who wake up in the middle of a jungle and they go, well, fuck, okay, let's try to get out of this jungle. They go to high ground and shock fucking horror they look at a skyline which is not the one that they're used to on Earth mm. because they're on a different planet. Oh my god. They're they're there for the amusement of the two warring factions of predators who predate predate them. And are there two they, warring factions or is there just one that I didn't pick up on there being factions. Maybe there is. I just missed it. Uh, yeah, some of that. Hmm. And yeah, there's yeah, there's like the yeah, there's two different types of predators. Okay. Yeah, there's there's like a blood feud between different types of predators. Anyway, because uh-huh. um, there's that one that's like strung up. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was like a traitor. I didn't realize that was re- that represented a whole clan or anything. Yeah, our sort of survivors who it's revealed that they're all kind of you know outcasts from society because of all the murders they've done and they except for one guy that doesn't fit in played by tofu grace but then turns out he's the biggest murderer of them all <laughs> and then yeah they they try and escape and get back to earth and then it very much ends on like a tease for a sequel hmm. a sequel which never came hmm. yeah so we got a stacked cast here leading the pack is adrian brody there's also a Topher grace as you said alice bragger walton goggins danny trejo mahushta ali and our buddy lawrence fishburne even shows up for a little bit um what did you think of this movie this is one because this is one that i went into knowing that it, it had a bit of a critical reevaluation mm-hmm. that especially after the predator was 
so spoiler so bad mm. that I think a lot of people are going Predators is the true Predator sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I also I weirdly remember the trailer for this like I very distinctly. Yeah, strange. I I, I don't I? I don't specifically remember like the trailer, but I remember seeing the trailer a lot. I, had the I remember exact a couple same of shots from it. experience, just like being like, mm. oh, there's a new Predator movie coming out. Yeah, a franchise I know nothing about. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's I enjoyed it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I can say about it is that like. Mm. It's a it's a reasonably fun sort of movie. I it's a very I like the setup. It's a very sort of different setup, hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, enjoyed I, it more I than the one. had similar expectations. I'd heard good things about it. Um, I'd heard like, oh, every second Predator movie is bad. Um, so and this is a, you know the third one, so it must be good. Um, and I thought the first act, as you say, the setup was uh very compelling and like a 2010s tv pilot way like this feels like lost is nearly finished and people Mm. are trying to make the next lost so it's like 10 strangers wake up in the middle of a jungle what do they have in common like it felt you know yeah like it would run for 13 episodes and no one would remember it Mm. now yeah it'll be cool it'll be it would have like a number as the title yeah fuck it would wouldn't it it'd be called like (laughs) the 10 the 10 yeah yeah um, I felt my interest plummet though when they discover they're on a different planet. Like they look at that skyline, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think this is very compelling anymore." <laughs> like it, it opens with them all falling. That would be how from, the first episode ends. Yeah, then. exactly. And, opens, and, and like the premiere is like the most watched television event because yeah. it followed the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then <laughs> it got cancelled like hours before its yeah uh, its finale aired. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about Flash Forward as the show that you're <laughs> referencing. I am. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. There's also uh, and Revolution. The other one. And V. Very similar. The Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 What's her name? <laughs> Yeah, so I just thought that was like, oh, okay, they're on a different planet. That's not very compelling. It's because it starts with all of them falling to the to the earth from above, and they all have parachutes, and like one guy doesn't turn his parachute on in time, and he dies. And so it's all very like mysterious, and they're all like, "Who are you? Why are you shooting at me?" And then you you find out that like they're all criminals, like they're all mm. um, heavy hitters. I think is the way they put it. That would be yeah. a good title, heavy hitters. Um, and the then, 10 heavy hitters yeah and then the 10 heavy hitters uh, <laughs> and then they discover they're on a different planet and I thought that was dumb and then it kept getting and dumber. Adrian Brody's like well looks like we're on a different planet <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I also thought the ending uh, whether it was setting something up or not was pretty dumb and I'm gonna say I'm when gonna he's s- like well let's go find the rest of these predators <laughs> I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna say a controversy, controversial, dissenting opinion here. I think Predator Two is better than Predators. I think Predator Two is a more consistent film that is less. Um, I mean, I guess this is a good thing. Predators is certainly more of a risky film, but it's just so all over the place and has a lot of undercooked ideas in it. Mm. Um, one, thing- I think it's maybe just my modern. Sure. story viewing brain mm. you know one thing i thought was really dumb and this was um topher grace and his character so as you said before at the reveal like they at the start they're like all of us are heavy hitters except this nerdy doctor what's he doing here yeah. um and 
it's clear from the beginning that the writers planned for him to be some kind of secret villain and it's revealed at the end when he thinks it's just him and uh, alice braga left alive he like reveals his true colors and he like poisons her um and, and then adrian brody shows up yeah and, and then he's I, like <laughs> ah, i heard everything <laughs> um and he tells her uh that he's he likes being um on the predator planet because he's a murderer back on earth and he feels at home here <laughs> it's very <laughs> silly um oh, yeah. and every, but every other clue that's like so it's definitely set up that he's not what he says right but every other clue earlier in the film it seems to imply that he's like in on it like he's Right. a double agent working for the predators um and i reckon originally he was going to be revealed as that um but by the time they got to the end they were like well he can still be evil but i don't think it'll work and then they just forgot to go back and rewrite certain setups <laughs> um because there's a scene where he like identifies like a poisonous alien plant even though he's from earth and i remember thinking someone's going to call him up on this and be like how did you know what that plant was if i saw a thing that was supposed to be that like that plant has been extinct for years right and they deleted a scene of him being like that plant's supposed to be extinct right okay um when uh isabel when i say for years i mean like it's like a prehistoric right yeah yeah when isabel thinks she's going to get eaten by a predator dog toward the end of the first act of the film they fight off a bunch of alien dogs um she's about to shoot herself in the head because she thinks she's going to get eaten uh and topher grace who's hiding in a tree looks down at her and goes no and then it cuts away from him and you hear like a dog whistle and the the predator dog stops yeah someone says something mildly racist <laughs> yeah that's what uh roger ebert was talking about <laughs> yeah 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 the predator's like dreadlocks i think we all know who we're talking about dreadlocks, i don't trust this guy and all the, all the other racists <laughs> of the country are like yeah we don't trust this guy um no like so a whistle is heard and the dog retreats and um you know and it's like she was moments away from shooting herself the language of the filmmaking here the way it's edited made me convinced like not even like i'd worked it out like i'm just anticipating this now it was going mm. to cut back to topher grace in a tree holding a whistle and they'd pull him down from the tree and push him up against it and be like what do you know what do you, <laughs> where did you get the whistle from like it, it looked like it's, it's setting that that say. reveal up do you know what i mean like mm. yeah, yeah sure it, it looks like that um and it I guess yeah. I was just like, well, okay. And then later on, he steals Nikolai, who's one of the other the other guys. He steals the photo of his kids so he can fake being sympathetic. Um, he and then he fakes being maimed. He gets his foot caught in a bear trap thing, and then pretends. I, I presume he's pretending because he walks fine later on. It just yeah. it all feels like it's a double agent reveal. And then at some point, they lost the will to to make it that, and we're just like, uh he could just be a murderer. Oh, he can just say he's a murderer. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. He can just, that's it. He can just say he's a murderer. He just, we're not shown <laughs> him being a murderer. We're not shown, like, it's, he just says it. It's ridiculous yeah. how lie. Do we, how do we show that he's a murderer? <laughs> oh, we'll just, we'll just have him say it. I, I've always been so intrigued by the casting of Adrian Brody in this film. Mm. Like, since watching the trailer back in 2009 or 10, mm. like, just always thinking, huh, he's an interesting choice for this kind of film. And then, you know, you ask me what's Adrian Brody in, and it's like, he's in The Pianist, King Kong, 
Predators and a film called Inappropriate Comedy, um, which looks like garbage. I've not heard of this. Oh, it's like, I think Rob Schneider's in it. It's like a sketch film, and it's like it's very much one of those low how the mighty have fallen mm. kind of films. And yeah, I it's yeah inappropriate comedy. He plays Flirty Harry. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it, it looks yeah. Um, he plays a cop who, with a repertoire of double entendres, patrols the streets of San Francisco. And I just remember the bit of the trailer where he's like. Uh, allow me to push your stool in and he like pushes a, a stool anyway when did this and movie that's, come like, out 22 i think 2010 okay i've um, never heard of it uh yeah it came out 2013 sorry uh anyway it's got Lindsay lohan in it as well so but the thing is watching the film i'm like oh, okay he's it's not really doing anything interesting with the character it's just a guy who doesn't look like the character he's supposed to be playing <laughs> Like, do something interesting with the fact that you've got Adrian Brody, who's, you know, the he's got he's he's famous for having a leading man's ego, but a character actor's face. Mm. Right. And he's just he's just doing, you know, a a Jason Statham Batman impression. A Jason Statham Batman impression. Yeah. When did Jason Statham play Batman? Predators. Well, Richard, this is only, speaking of Adrian Brody, this is only our first Adrian Brody franchise that we've covered. Only our first. Only our first. But this is our fourth Topher Grace franchise after Spider-Man 3 and Ocean's 11 slash 12. Our fourth Walton Goggins movie after Shanghai Noon, Machete Kills, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. And our sixth from a guy who played one of the Predators named Derek Mears um, after Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Pirates of the Caribbean on Strange Tides. Two films which feel uh, tonally similar in a franchise to Predators, you know? Like, it's mm. kind of like the forgotten sequel <laughs> kind of mm. thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Zathura, Friday the 13th from 2009, and Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles from 2014. Oh, um, God, I'd love to see the Predator just beat the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> However, we're also looking at Lawrence Fishburne's ninth film for film franchise, Fortnite's After Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mission Impossible 3, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, TMNT, and of course, all four Matrix movies, though I didn't think he was in the fourth one, but He's I guess... Oh, I guess they use archival footage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, putting all these stats to shame... Because though, he was like, I just wasn't asked. Though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> putting all these stats to shame, though, we're also graced with film franchise Fortnite's favourite bad boy, Danny Trejo, who makes his 15th appearance in a film franchise Fortnite wow. film in Predators um, after From Dusk Till Dawn... From Dusk Till Dawn 2... Harold and Kumar Christmas. Harold and Kumar Christmas. Spy Kids <laughs> 2, 3, and 4... Or Spy Kids 1, 2, 3, and 4. Machete, Machete 2, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, this definitely has a correlation I think to Robert Rodriguez being one of our most watched uh, directors but it graduates Trejo into the ninth most featured actor in film franchise Fortnite's and if you subtract voice actors who tend to show up in a lot more Mm. film franchises than than on-screen actors he's the third most seen actor we've covered on the podcast behind Desmond Llewellyn who has 17, uh, 17 Bond movies and Sylvester Stallone on 18 so that's our wow. that's our, our leaderboard. Well, hot fucking damn. Danny Trejo's um probably best poised to 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 become first. Yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. Just need yeah. to watch the right franchises. Yeah, he was on Anchorman. No, he wasn't. Apparently. Well, not according to IMDb, to Letterboxd. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he is. Who's he playing Anchorman? It says he went on to star in a multitude of other films, including Desperado from Dust of Dawn, Connie from Dust of Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money from Dust of Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter, Reindeer Games, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Grindhouse. Danny Trey. He's the bartender at the um and the jazz flute scene, isn't he? Oh, he is too. Huh, well, I've discovered a mistake on Letterboxd that they didn't list. Or maybe it's my mistake. Maybe I just didn't. Um... Yeah. Did you have Muppets Most Wanted as well? No. Good night, Danny Trejo. Um, let's see. Okay, show watched films. Oh, yeah, Muppets Most Wanted is on here, but Anchorman is not. Wow. Maybe it's an uncredited appearance. That's probably what it is. No, still Letterboxd would normally do that. Hmm. Mm, strange well anyway interesting hashtag justice for danny <laughs> this film predators um is the first film from either alien or predator to come out after both alien vs predator films mm. which i'm very excited about watching boy is the hype risen for alien vs predator one and two who are you rooting for Ah, well, it doesn't matter because whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, it's actually, I think it's very evident that this is the first post-AVP film for either franchise because I'd argue, I'd even argue that it being um, titled Predators is an indirect reference to Aliens, being called Aliens. I think it's a direct reference Yeah, and I, I actually don't need to argue this, Richard, not only because you agree with me, but because Robert Rodriguez uh, went as far as to confirm this. <laughs> um, yeah. And also the Berserker Predator, as it's called, which is the final boss Predator, is wearing a mask made from a xenomorph skull, but you can't really tell <laughs> the movie, but he is. Especially when I wave them like this. <laughs> That's a Finding Nemo reference. Nice. And that being said, for a film called Predators, are there any big scenes where the characters take on multiple predators at once? Like, there's no equivalent no. To, to Aliens where they're all crawling through the, the vents and stuff. Well, I I will say, though, that I think the the title is meant as a, as a double entendre. Mm, that's true. In that the Predators also refers to the human characters mm. and you don't need to argue this richard because this is outright said by the characters in the film mm. at one point <laughs> and everyone watching yeah. goes like uh <laughs> um robert rodriguez wrote the script for what was like this final script was was heavily based on he wrote it in 1994 it was dug up 15 years later by some 20th century fox producers who believed this was where the series should have gone uh and both rodriguez and nimrod have said that they don't consider predator 2 to be canon which is interesting um wow. this makes sense because isabel there's a there's um uh alice braga's character at one point they're like you know what they are tell us what they are and she's like guatemala 1987 a mm. bunch of paramilitary one survivor there were two survivors or whatever and it's like you and if predator yeah, one was it, also in la <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's, and like it got me thinking because there's that that exchange in jurassic park 3 where he's like and put your put your hands down if your question is about the san francisco incident which i was also not present for mm. and it's like i wonder what the name of the trope is of character quickly acknowledging previous sequels and a franchise that doesn't really like need you to acknowledge previous sequels yeah. and it must happen even less commonly with anything other than the first film like in this case you know 
Um, but in the right, Predator, yeah. they they do acknowledge both films. So there you go. Both, uh, well. but they don't acknowledge Predators. Um, but there is a reason for that. Uh, so it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Adrian Brody. So his his like final his character's name is Royce. His final like hurrah as he's like i'm gonna go release the tied up predator and i'm gonna convince him to let me fly back to earth on a spaceship and he gets as far as yeah he, he frees him and he communicates this message to him and then um you see the ship fly away and then the good predator quote unquote gets killed by the berserker predator and then the berserker predator presses a button on his wrist and the ship blows up and for a moment you think adrian brody's dead till he turns up to save the day i think adrian brody should have died on the ship because he's a terrible protagonist his like change of heart is never signposted until like the first time you get any indication that he's softening is when he changes his heart and goes back for um isabella right you know and 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 saves her from topher grace and it's so stupid it's like it would have been a much (laughs) cooler movie if like you think you're following this one character but he just refuses to have a moral center and then he flies away on the ship and then the ship blows up and he's just died because you've got a perfectly good protagonist in alice braga so let her save the day and finish you know like kill off Mm. your your red herring protagonist and let the the actual good-hearted character um whose life is harder because she's a good person let her become the the hero of the story i guess Mm. can't have that yeah adrian brody does get to yell do it kill me i'm here come on though which is uh the do it kill me it's the famous arnold schwarzenegger line and it's always funny watching kill me (laughs) watching i'm here any sequels to like iconic first movies where they're like all right which line shall we bring back in an interesting way because predator the predator franchise is full of this and um like uh, danny glover calls the predator an ugly mother foot before he gets beaten up mother foot um there's a get to the chopper line in this one um yeah it's full of the shit or is it in the next one i can't remember anyway yeah and pray she's like there's there's someone that's like chopping stuff oh we do have a, we do have like, a comment about she's like, this get to the chopper did you know that oh no there's a cult elders comment that's basically oh. you've just ruined someone's joke you bastard <laughs> i i you you mentioned- i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before that, the ending is like, sets up a sequel, but because it doesn't have a sequel, it's such a shit ending because yeah. the ship blows up and that was the only way off. So they kill the, the main bad predator and then it's just um Adrian Brody and Alice Braga left alive. And they're like they look up in the sky and see a bunch of other parachutes falling down because Lawrence Fishburne The game is about to begin again. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne explained that there's like hunting seasons and he's long gone and dead now and was yeah, rabbit a, season. A, a very much a, it's something they added to the film to like fill out about 20 minutes because yeah. he's pretty inconsequential but but Lawrence Fishburne's character is like um he's like I've been here for 10 seasons 
But how long is a season? Didn't they just land yeah, here like, like a day ago? So is a season. Yeah, so that's why he's been there like a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seven, exactly. no, ten seasons. Yeah, it's been this for hardly three, any time three at weeks. All. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but they're watching these parachutes go down, and Adrian Brody say, says, "Now it's, we got to figure out how to get off this fucking planet." And it's like, well, that's where the characters were twenty minutes ago. You've always been wanting to. Yeah. Do, the, all you've done in this film is try to get off the fucking and, planet. And the climax was you killed a predator on a planet mm. full of them. You haven't done anything. a film anything. called Predators, plural. <laughs> you haven't done anything. It's not like you're safe now. It's not like... It, like, it's it's, it's such a stupid... It's so unsatisfying. Um, <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be the ending, though, to be fair. Uh, both uh, or uh, Rodriguez, Nimrod, and Adrian Brody have all st- talked about wanting to do more sequels. Um, here, I've got some quotes here. Nimrod said, There are so many great ideas. Just following Lawrence Fishburne's character around in a prequel would be a great movie. Uh, just the tales he tells in this movie alone. I want to see those experiences for all three weeks that he had those experiences that's why i wasn't precious even about the original script i have because once you come up with the idea of a predator planet the predators use as that the predators use as their hunting grounds and the humans are involved in them somehow the story ideas that you can come up with are so numerous that you can come up with any approach so we already have several ideas that we can go for with a sequel they would all be good ideas but we would probably put them together to see which ones rise to the top if we made another one rodriguez said uh the studio said let's do some other ones what other story ideas do you have um because it was like let's test out the market with this one they really wanted it to be pretty contained pretty scaled back they didn't want to put too many of the ideas into it so that we could save for a second one so we could see what the appetite was because the bigger movie would would actually be what comes following that that kind of sets up a new storyline a new location and world and then you can really go crazy from there and adrian brody fucking buck wild yeah 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 absolutely adrian brody cementing himself as one of the like maybe least self-aware self-serious actors um Mm. said this of of a second film and his character i think a lot of that is determined by the success of the film and i don't think that far ahead the idea of reprising the role and going farther into the character is interesting to me it would be exciting to watch a character progress or deteriorate that's exciting for an actor i thoroughly enjoyed playing royce again part of the attraction is i'm oddly drawn to the material that affects me on an emotional level and characters that are dealing with things that are challenging that I would question that I'm not so familiar with. Royce has an emotional arc in this that most of the characters I've played don't come close to possessing. That's an interesting thing to cultivate. What are you talking about? You play like a cardboard man in this movie. You don't have yeah, an emotional to like arc. His transformative performance in the pianist it's or such a weird comedy. character to isolate and be like and specifically say my other characters aren't as deep as this guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so weird and it's all talk richard because it's uh, so apparently weird the, the, this is canonically the last entry in the series um as the predator uh is set before Sorry, the the, pre- yeah, the Predator is set before Predators, and they never made a sequel to Predators. I don't think they ever will. I think the future of Predator lies in the past. Oh, how did oh, you do that? How did you do that? <laughs> the Predator was came out in 2018. This was directed by Shane Black, um, who wrote Lethal Weapon, directed Iron Man 3, and also plays a main character in Predator. He plays Hawkins in Predator, um, the first character to die. Um, mm. so that's kind of interesting one thing that i 
might be mentioned in cult elders but something that we we skipped over Mm -hmm. that a lot of people talk about when it comes to predator is the credits the creditors the 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 credits of predator i feel like we'd be remiss not to say anything about them because it's one of the the biggest talking points of predator oh like the characters the the full house opening sequence yeah yeah (laughs) um Because I yeah I've I've had a, a big Predator fan Julian Josland who mm. should be listening to this because he's such a big Predator fan mm. um, was talking to him uh, last week uh, the yeah a week or so ago and he and he was talking about the Predator credits and I've seen people talk on Reddit in fact I think there was a Reddit post today Reddit. about how the um, the, the 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 credits for predator are the greatest in cinematic history and it's these little it does a very strange thing for this kind of movie where it shows little moments of people out of character of the actors out of character and and smiling and laughing and then it has their name and title come up and yeah i'm curious to get your thoughts on it because i've i've seen this so many times like i don't know how or why but i've seen the credits for predator dozens of times Mm. um but yeah it's just it's a very interesting easing you out of the film i guess which is probably Mm. why they did it i don't know yeah it's a strange it's a strange edit and i'd have to wonder what went through the mind of the editor of predator that inspired that redditor to talk about the credits uh predator mm. nice. <laughs> 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 laughing like the predator at the end of the first one I know, it's, <laughs> it's it's pretty yeah it's it's very strange and you don't see anything else like it <laughs> yeah. in the series i think it i don't know like we'll see if we talk about it in cold elders but i don't know if i if i it feels just like one of those things from the 80s that doesn't happen anymore that i'm like ah, whatever it was the 80s yeah like the berlin wall <laughs> yeah exactly or <laughs> yeah um yeah uh so the predator 2018 directed by shane black so he, he's he was in the first one he directed iron man 3 wrote lethal weapon also the director of uh kiss kiss bang bang which is one of my favorite movies and then mm. um a spiritual sequel to kiss kiss bang bang that a lot of people incorrectly regard as the better film called the nice guys um <laughs> and so a lot of cool stuff under this guy's belt he's obviously familiar with the franchise what do you think this one has on ron tomatoes 31 percent Thirty-three percent, which technically makes it higher than Predator Two, though I think it is significantly worse <laughs> than Predator Two. Yeah, this movie, uh, this movie sucks. This is so bad. Mm. Um, what's it about? Can you tell me? So there's a bunch of mercenaries <laughs> that like randomly placed together. They get, um, yeah. There's there's like a bunch of soldiers who get. They're like discharged. They band together What's it to called? take down dishonorable discharge. Dishonorably discharged soldiers, yeah. Yeah, so they, they band together with a hot, sexy scientist to take down some predators with the power of autism. That's essentially it. Yeah, Boyd Holbrook plays one of the, the main characters in the film. His son, played by Jacob Tremblay, has autism, which in the world of Predator means you're very smart and have superpowers yeah. and are the next evolution. Yeah, it's it's of referred humanity. to as yeah, the next step in human evolution is, yeah. is autism. Yeah. And so the Predators are trying to steal Jacob Tremblay's autism so that they can evolve to be 
the next because of climate evolved. change because of climate change because climate change <laughs> is rendering the planet useless and therefore the predators want to get in on this autism before the world is uninhabitable they want to want to get in on this autism <laughs> <laughs> on the ground floor isn't it weird that a movie called the predator has two predators in it you yeah, yeah, like you're like... making a distinction that there's one in your title. <laughs> and it's like not even clear which one it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> According to IMDb, though, the uh, lab in which the Predator is held in the film at the beginning um, contains display cases which have artifacts from previous Predator films in them, two Predator masks from Predator 2, and AVP, Alien vs. Predator, and the retractable spear from Predator 2, the shoulder blast from Alien vs. Predator, and the custom-made spear with a xenomorph tail from Alien vs Predator although the crossover movies um, Alien vs Predator were all but decanonized from the Alien franchise in the wake of the release of the prequel Prometheus no such thing has occurred for the Predator series and so the events of AVP movies may still remain part of the overall Predator continuity so it's that kind of situation (laughs) they're not going to come here but we'll still (laughs) acknowledge the Predator was always punching up when it was guest starring with Alien I guess anyway yeah yeah sure what did you it's think? the uh, it's the Friday the Thirteenth of the franchise. <laughs> it's the Jason. What did you think of the Predator? Um, it's bad. <laughs> I, I'd seen this one. I went to the movies to see. This I remember one. you seeing it, and I we weren't living together at this time. Were no, we? I was back in Christchurch, twenty eighteen. Damn. Um, do you want to know why I went to the theater to see it? Because he had a crush on someone. I really like Shane Black as a director. That's I think right. he's a great director. And how tragic. How tragic to like, to I, I trusted him. You know, it's actually like yeah, a yeah. situation like that where I was like, I trusted you, Shane Black. And this is what you made. Uh, yeah, it's it sucks. This movie's so bad. You get movies where like, you know, you know, like a movie where it's like, it's a pretty good movie, but then something really stupid happens in it and it ruins it for you. An example for me personally would be um, X24 in... Uh, Logan yeah. I think ruins the movie um, which is otherwise like a great movie um, but this is an example of the much less potent and much less heartbreaking uh, movie that's already bad and then something stupid happens and I think the two the two X-24s of this movie are, are related but it's um, the bit where the predator gets killed by a larger bigger predator and then it speak, they speak to each other and it's subtitled why the hell are we being given subtitled predators <laughs> like it, it's that's like a betrayal of the like narrative point of view of the film you know like we shouldn't understand what they're saying and what they're saying doesn't really add anything to the story either it's so bad um and yeah, it's then, like in um uh godzilla mm. <laughs> Hey, Um, and similarly, there's a part at the end where they just casually mention they've made a translator, and the predator talks to them in English through the translator. I was like, oh my god, that is so stupid. It's so like, and it it uses like diction and like grammar and syntax stuff that wouldn't, (laughs) like a foreign language wouldn't, or an intergalactic language wouldn't be able to like I, I just thought it was so bad yeah <laughs> I, I i want you to share your observation about this movie because i messaged you mm. about something oh, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah, all this... in here dude i've written a lot already I'm, I'm gonna get to it don't you worry i just want my favorite line in the film mm. when she's like did you see that he just grew an exoskeleton under his skin <laughs> which would make it a skeleton <laughs> 
<laughs> I actually well, maybe probably probably an endoskeleton. Cr- credit to you, I actually repeated that joke to my flatmate who was watching it with me. So thank <laughs> thank you for writing some jokes for me. <laughs> yeah, I do I do have a have a perspective on that. I will get to that that soon. Let's get through a bit of admin first because it's um it's that's the fun nougat at the center of this conversation and i want to get through all the, the fun nougat first. there's but, a bloody oxymoron you don't like nougat i take it or leave it um arnold schwarzenegger let's, let's leave let's leave nougat in the in the 2010s arnold schwarzenegger uh turned down an opportunity to return as dutch in this film and um, which marks the fourth time he has declined to reprise his role um he didn't do predator 2 for the reasons we talked about um and then he couldn't do the alien vs predator movies because uh he was governor of california um and then he just said no to predator predators which you could say was for like another similar reason but he did have a major part in terminator dark fate uh, that same year mm. so you know yeah is he really too but busy? he but he's actually he appears in prey <laughs> yeah imagine that yes, yeah. <laughs> um the original ending of this this uh script featured a cameo by dutch um and after defeating the super predator which is the suit that sets up a sequel their second abandoned mm. sequel thread um yeah yeah, uh, Dutch would turn up, and uh, he would. He was he's described in the script as a face haunted, etched by pain, um, and he would tell the three of them, um, uh, the three of them being uh, Quinn, Casey, and Rory, the um, Jacob Tremblay's character. Um, he would tell them that they that he has, they have to come with him. That they and, need to get to the chopper. Yeah, and and Jacob Tremblay would say, "Are you? D- does this include me?" And Dutch replies, "Especially you." because this kid is the next evolution of mm. uh, humanity. The Predators want him. Everyone wants him. And um, this would likely have been a setup for a major role for Dutch and Rory in the sequel, uh, but Schwarzenegger read the script and turned the offer down and didn't want to have a mere cameo. So he single-handedly stopped all of this from becoming much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about alternate endings, do you have on your notes the other alternate ending, which was actually filmed? no tell me tell me what this was so this there was filmed i don't think it's ever been released but a filmed ending for the predator had a different cameo played by a body double but a cameo and i think there was actually two different ones two different cameo shot one was from alan ripley the other was newt and so there's there's a stunt woman who has confirmed that she, in an alternate ending for The Predator, played both Newt and Sigourney Weaver um, in, in an ending to this film. Wow. Fuck that, eh? Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, I thought the most interesting character in the film was the human antagonist played by Sterling K. Brown, uh, who just has a lot of fun chewing the scenery. He's a fun character. He's a great actor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And guess, do you remember how he dies (laughs) at the end of this film? Um, uh, Lethally. So... It's, he's such an important character. He's probably the third most important character in the plot next to Boyd Holbrook and, and Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. And he dies. And oh, yes. Yeah, they're yeah, no, having like a it. final front, like like final standoff with the Predator. Um, and like, you know, main characters are dying left and right. Um, 
uh, Keegan Michael Key dies. The guy from Expanse dies. Uh, Alfie Allen dies. Like everyone's dying, and then someone he's uh, Sterling K. Brown is like picks up like a piece of Predator tech, and then someone calls his name or something, and he turns and it just blows his head off in a blink and you'll miss it moment before the like end 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 of the movie he should have been on the ship that they jump on as it flies away he should have survived right to the to the end and then Mm. get killed but it is insane how important of a character he is to be killed off in such a stupid thoughtless way um and for the record this is in fact our third sterling k brown film after black panther and frozen 2 um it's also our fourth olivia munn film after iron man 2 oceans 8 and x-men apocalypse uh, and this was interesting richard this is also uh this film features a secondary character played by michael dopard who we've seen in x-men days of future past x-men origins wolverine mission impossible ghost protocol final destination 5 snow buddies and space buddies and there's also lachlan Monroe, who we've seen before in scary movie freddy vs jason space buddies treasure buddies and also gary chalk who we've seen in godzilla 2014 freddy vs jason and then eight barbie movies <laughs> do you want wow. to know what which ones <laughs> or do you not care uh, i i don't care <laughs> <laughs> sweet i wrote them down just in case but uh people can um, look up also so um the the alan ripley and newt ending hmm. just uh by the way was um that they were going to show up having traveled back in time as the predator killer of course because they are they would be in the future and it's going to be a um hmm. it was going to set up an alien vs predator sequel hmm. oh very cool that's what people wanted in 2018 was alien vs predator 2 3 <laughs> 3 i beg your pardon um there's another actor though who we nearly saw. There's all sorts of actors we nearly see in this. We nearly saw Sigourney Weaver, um, nearly saw um, Newt. But there's another actor who we nearly saw on this, and they uh, we we could have said, oh, he was he was an Iron Man three. I could have been like, it's the second time we've seen this guy after Iron Man three. But his scenes were deleted, and I want you to hold on to something because we're gonna make a bumpy <laughs> landing into problematic corner. <laughs> This didn't age well Let's get a laugh at someone else's expense I have to warn you this might get obscene This the problematic corner wearing nothing PC So welcome to Problematic Corner, which we haven't done in a while, uh, which is where we examine something that isn't great <laughs> about a franchise. Um, it's usually we'd describe it as dated, but is something happening in 2018 dated, or is it just a shitty decision made by the filmmaker? <laughs> this is post Me Too. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, content warning, this involves um, grooming, I guess is the 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 term you could say but director shane black hired his longtime friend stephen wilder striegel known professionally as steve wilder for a minor unauditioned role in the predator in which his character repeatedly tries to flirt with olivia munn's character um wilder had has been a registered felony sex offender since 2010 when he pled guilty to enticing a minor by computer after he attempted to lure a 14 year old girl into a sexual relationship via email a few days before a picture lock on the film munn became aware of wilder's history and approached fox executives insisting the scene be removed 
it gets worse. Well, actually, that's probably the worst part, but it doesn't get any better. Um, Black, <laughs> Shane Black defended his casting decision and his friend so until later in issuing a public apology and rescinding those comments due to backlash. Fox released a statement saying that they were unaware of Wilder's status and confirming that the scene from the film had been cut. Um, co-star Sterling K. Brown tweeted as a support of Munn, but initially most other actors on the film remained silent, releasing statements after mounting public pressure. It's Pre- pretty yeah, shitty. so bad. Pretty I, shitty. I remember... And just still being friends with someone after they were outed as a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do remember this happening, and it was like, yeah, Predator to be removed from the Predator. <laughs> very good. But yeah, it was like very, very late in the game that they, mm. you know, it says a few days before picture lock. I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty inconsequential scene anyway. And a shitty movie, yeah, yeah. so ultimately, whatever. But... Um, Might have been the best scene of the film. Joining the above controversies, uh, the the above statement or the above story in the controversies section on the film's Wikipedia page, we can also read the following paragraph. The Predator also suggests not only that autistic persons who exhibit savant qualities and savant. other savant qualities and other forms of neurodiversity are or were advantageous, but that they represent a forward step in human in the human evolutionary path. According to the scientific opinions reported by sci-fi wire such a thesis would have some issues a new york post review ends by stating but worse is a plot line involving autism and a dubious scientific theory that will leave parents fuming in a review for uprocks emma stefanski called the film's depiction of autism maybe the worst thing i have seen in a film this year uh, and scolds the the filmmakers for the depiction of these issues especially the idea that autism equals really smart uh, yeah, it's a weird thing to base a plot around. I can see like there's an argument that it's like it's trying to be positive about it, but it's so ham-fisted, it's so horribly handled in a movie which interestingly like has a has an actor who has Tourette's in in real life display Tourette's in the film in a way that's like I don't think particularly controversial. So like it's it's like there's I I feel I don't know it's such a it's such an annoying um you've misunderstood how progressive thinking works you know mm. like yeah, like yeah. the the idea to like be positive and represent an autistic character is maybe a good thing but doing it this way to enhance your silly sci-fi movie is so yeah, yeah. bad it's so bad <laughs> now richard after i've read all of this out you might find this a strange time for where i choose to half-heartedly defend this film <laughs> Um, or at least Shane Black as a filmmaker and look I'm not going to go as far to say uh, there's gold and then there hills Uh, but there are flashes in this movie where I feel like I can see what Shane Black was going for when I first saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang when I was like 13 I thought it was so incredible I thought it was uh, like one of the things I loved the most about it was how cheeky it was how like rug pulley it was that a term um with with shit like like robert downey jr accidentally pisses on a dead body at one point um and he gets like his fingers get cut off and when a door slams on him and and like all these really like um i want to call it like inappropriate things the disrespectful things happen and it it propels the plot forward and there's real stakes and characters lives are changed and have these experiences which are so darkly comedic and it works so well in that film and i think that there is a there's like a no one is safe attitude with to it 
Um, and this shows up in the nice guys as well and can totally be seen in moments of Iron Man 3, like when Iron Man gets hit by the truck after saving all the people from falling out of the plane um and probably <laughs> more significantly the mandarin twist where you find out that the mandarin's actually just a yeah. british actor um is that's textbook shane black i think and mm. i think shane black is probably more responsible for the marvel undercut or the the bathos which everyone is now sick of then maybe people people always like blaming joss whedon and stuff and it's like yeah it's, it's totally joss whedon nah but shane black like fueled the fire i think with uh, I, I think the yeah, I like maybe, what he did but, in Iron Man 3. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. Yeah. But I'm saying... Because when I, when I think of like the OG Marvel undercut, I think of uh, the Hulk smashing Loki. Well, that's also good. <laughs> it's also great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, so maybe I think that... Where did people get sick of it, I guess? Is it, it, like, well, maybe maybe it peaked with that and then mm. Shane Black like, um, aped it. Uh, Mandarin twist is when people started to turn on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can see these directing trademarks in The Predator. Back when I did video essays, I, I mulled over doing a In Defense of The Predator video where, where I talked mm, about glad these you things. didn't do that. No, so in, in, defense in Defense of, of Steve, Steve Waller. Yeah. <laughs> you can see these directing trademarks, especially in some of the supporting cast. As I said, you've got Keegan-Michael Key, who's very, mm. I think he's pretty funny in the film, you know? Um, goofball. Absolute goofball. Absolute riot. Uh, there's, there's a very mcu-esque conversation that recurs throughout the film about what we were talking about before how the predator isn't technically a predator it's like a misnomer to call it a predator um mm. and there's a handful of scenes that i think are brimming with shane black's writing there's a there's a brief sequence in the film where olivia munn is trying to shoot the predator with a tranquilizer gun and she's on top of a moving bus that's being driven by the other characters um and she accidentally shoots herself in the foot with a tranquilizer dart and so now she can't move while trying to like shoot the predator and then when the the bus comes to a halt mckenna who's boyd holbrook's character is like come on i'll catch you i'll catch you jump down and then he gets like briefly distracted and she takes too long and she just thumps on the ground and it's funny it's a funny like it's a great like (laughs) joke um and this is the kind of sequence that would be right at home in the nice guys or kiss kiss bang bang Mm. like imagine instead of boyd holbrook imagine robert downey jr from kiss kiss bang bang doing the like i'll catch you i'll catch you like like i can see it so clearly in Mm. my mind's eye and for some reason it just does not stand out here it's not that it doesn't work i don't think anyone saw the it predator. doesn't stand out because the whole rest of the film's so good <laughs> i think because no one no one when reviewing the predator goes like oh and it doesn't take itself seriously that's not the complaint with the predator mm. but it's like these moments of shane black's writing are lost in the genericism of the rest of the film mm. and it's like yeah. a, a case of mismatched sense of style I don't. I think you either these moments either don't work or you just completely forget they were in the movie. Because Shane Black is famously such a specific authorial voice, but I feel like it's subdued here, and it almost feels like they got him to do a pass of the script, and then they were like, "All right, let's smooth out some of these things so that they're not jokes mm. anymore." Like you, you're talking about the Indo exoskeleton thing. It's like in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that line would be, he's growing an exoskeleton under his skin. And then another character would like smack them and be like, an exoskeleton? That's called a real, that's just a normal skeleton. It's an endoskeleton. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is, that hmm. could be a line in, in a Shane Black film. And as we've learned from things like Iron Man 3, which I do like, but I can acknowledge its flaws, 
a film that is only half Shane Black doesn't work. It's got to be full Shane Black. Because mm-hmm. look at his four movies. And the, like we learned from the Snyder Cut. Totally. No, that's a great point. Like, like the is there a black cut of the Predator? Yes, there is. It has <laughs> the the sex offender in it. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only know. difference. Um, and it, and it ties everything together. Yeah, yeah. Every punchline is in that scene. But the dude has directed four films, and two of those films everyone loves, and two of those films one of them people hate, and one of them is divisive. And it's because it's this confusing half measure of the, the directorial voice that I think mm. needs to be full for it to work. Um, Black uh, guest starred on an episode of a podcast called Postmortem this year, uh, where he addressed some of the movie's failures. So another director actually acknowledging like what was wrong with their movie. Um, and he said something pretty interesting. He said, I'm not going to take the road of blaming anyone, including the studio, for a failed movie. We tried something different. In retrospect, taking it, taking it, uh, Talking a finger on the pulse, I guess we just didn't have that finger. We were making a di- a drive-in movie, and it seems like what now is attracting so much attention is this wonderful art piece which just came out, talking about Prey, um, mm. which is Echoes of Kubrick. That maybe is something we should have done instead, but who knows? We tried something different. It was a Halloween drive-in movie, not just a drive-in movie, one you go to on Halloween when you were a kid. The Predator had such a rock-solid fan base of people expecting that sort of... Po- portentous solemn and almost reverential approach to this myth the mythic quality of the predator is what people seem to respond to so chalk it up as we tried something and in some people's eyes we made the wrong movie we filmed the wrong script for what they would have preferred i'm okay with that and own any and all mistakes made on the film nice you think this guy's going to work again (laughs) i'm sure he will i mean it maybe as a screenwriter but he's not he's not like he's a bad director he's just what's he up to is there any is there any stuff he's doing a nice guys tv show wasn't he really that would be cool um oh he's got the predator casting controversy is on his wikipedia page <laughs> that's what happens yeah exactly i mean he's got nothing i can't see anything on the on the horizon yeah I don't know. Damn. I have conflicted feelings about this guy now, eh? Like, I don't know mm. what to think about him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> um, He's announced to be doing the screenplay for Play Dirty and Doc Savage. Okay. And also Lethal Weapon 5 as characters. Bye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That movie's still happening. <laughs> Despite the, the whole, <laughs> one of the main voices being dead and the other two like crotchety old men Mm. do you have anything else you wanted to say about the predator um the play dirties um sorry this isn't about the predator this is about shane black's upcoming he's directing as well follows parker a no-nonsense and professional thief who approaches his job with a straightforward no-nonsense work ethic and he is also deadly it stars robert tanny jr as parker oh cool that'd be good i love how it's just and he is also deadly (laughs) and he's also Doc Savage, the man of bronze, uh, was raised from childhood by a team of scientists to become the original superhero of the 1930s, a man of great mental and physical strength. He went around the world battling larger-than-life villains, starring Dwayne Johnson as Doc Savage. Is Doc Savage based on something? Uh, I think it's, yeah, pre-existing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a yeah old, old school. Oh, nice. Is he directing that or just writing it? Uh, directing, apparently. Nice. Well, but this is one of those things where it's like, eh, probably not going to happen. <laughs> right, yeah. 
I don't know. I just, I. Yeah, as of 2020, it was shit development was being shifted to a TV series. I don't, I guess I don't understand. Like, the guy, you know, made his name off Lethal Weapon and then made a very similar to Lethal Weapon movie that was great. Like, this guy could have made his career out of, do, out of doing, like, comedic noir crime movies. Mm. I don't know what's attracted him to something like The Predator. Yeah. Well, we don't have to worry about it because in 2022, Richard, not a few weeks ago, uh, we got the release of Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, of course, the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, only his second film. Only his second a film. Time. Do you yeah. know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, it's like 95. 93, so it is the yeah. highest rated Predator film. And how often, you know, how often is a distant fifth sequel the the best rated film in a series i think that's very yeah uh, significant and interesting um what is it about so it's set on the great plains um back in back in the olden days 1719 and yeah so it's a um a comanche warrior trying to prove herself as a hunter uh and then protects her people from a predator as well as some fur traders mm, some some french french french, french assholes french assholes <laughs> and we also meet uh rafael adelini who is the owner of the pistol scene in predator 2 and we actually see the pistol as well yes um w- so we did a whole episode a few weeks back on pitching period piece prequels um mm. and you hadn't seen this at the time i had and we luckily and we I, didn't and i talked about how deeply uninterested I was in it. <laughs> we at least we didn't talk about prey in depth because who would have known we would be here not a few weeks later covering it for the podcast again. Yeah. Two movies this franchise I had to rewatch for the first time in the space of uh, probably ninety days. So, hmm. uh, what did you think of prey? Now that you've seen it, prey is pretty good. Hey, that's the re- yeah. I, you're literally a film reviewer, and that's like your <laughs> opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> um my my headline for my DC League of Super Pets review. This may change. It's going through an editor. Is DC League of Super Pets is so fetched. <laughs> I think that'll get changed. So like, like, <laughs> probably will. luckily you said it here. <laughs> hmm. The note you get back is like, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'd like, I don't know. This time period doesn't particularly interest me. Predator doesn't particularly interest me. So the idea of prey, a lot of people told me it was really good. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And I think like it didn't, it didn't necessarily do anything amazing there's nothing like that really blew my mind in it it's just a very solid uh you know man versus force of nature kind of movie woman you know versus force of even though it's a woman and it's a force of something from outside of nature <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah i think that um well, uh amber mid thunder mm-hmm. is you know uh we're gonna see big things from her mm. It's a, it's a very star-making performance. Yeah, totally. And, yeah, I mean, there's, like, so just... It's one of those things where, like, just the imagery is really cool. Mm. Like, the idea of... I mean, it's the poster for the film, but it's a spoiler. Is that, like, her with the 
the predator's glowy green blood like as face paint you know they're wearing as a sort of proof that she's killed the predator hmm. um it's cool yeah like the, the hmm. growing glowing green blood what did, hmm. what did you think of it i love this film um i think it's one of my favorites of the year and i think it's easily the best uh film in the franchise if only because easily. the original films maybe ironic maybe serious macho bravado nature has dated a bit but even then this is just i thought this is just such a smart and intelligently told story um i love like it's like it's called prey and there's such a focus on the like idea of what prey is like there's one scene where you see an ant get eaten by a squirrel or rat and then the rat gets eaten by a a snake and then the snake gets killed by the predator and it's like Mm. it's prey baby that's what it's about it's about this food chain and Mm. like i think that's that's a really cool uh like series of like there's a few shot there's a few sequences like that in the film um i've seen it twice now i've I've watched the english version originally and i watched the comanche dub uh, which we'll talk about just a second for the second time and i'd say for those wanting to know like a review of both dubs the english version just feels that's how they shot it so it feels more seamless i didn't think the comanche dub was great um but Uh, like some scenes were shot in both yeah yeah and then and then the remaining scenes were dubbed yeah um well no there's there's a lot of scenes where you don't see people talking you you just hear them and and shit like that so that's that's fine but whenever you see mouths moving and it's lip synced over it's like uh it's not perfect it's not like Mm. it's it and like i think um the the a lot of the emotion feels lost it feels like in some sense they're not recapturing the emotion of the like english version that's interesting because i i found and it's one of those things like i um chernobyl you know people were like Hmm. and that they just had british accents Hmm. uh, and you know they said you know, they're not going to have everyone do Russian accents because if you're going to do that, well, we might as well have them speak Russian. Mm. That, like, I- I'm usually for that kind of thing. And so the idea of, like, having sort of anachronistic language, I-, I don't really have a problem with. But at the same time, watching the film, I did think it took me out a little bit that it was. And I- it was kind of, like, not enough to switch to the Comanche dub, but enough that I was like, this should have no dialogue. Like like this this film should have hmm. minimal di- there should be no conversations in this film hmm. you know it yeah. should just be it, yeah and I think that was sort of that's that's my only real complaint I would say is hmm. that I I think that the the film and the tone of it all very much lends itself to a sort of a much quieter or less sure. dialogue yeah, kind of totally. film yeah I mean I yeah I think this it should have just been done in Comanche <laughs> like originally. Yeah. And like, I, under, I agree with the, the Chernobyl thing and, and, um, uh, uh, Dan Trachtenberg referred to it as the, the hunt for red October thing. Um, which, mm. uh, cause you'll remember there was a bit of confusion when they said, and there's going to be a Comanche version. And everyone's like, what do you mean? Like they recorded all the scenes twice. Um, the so the the hunt for red october thing refers to where the characters in hunt for red october speak russian before transitioning to english he said that they never quite came up with a way to make it work so instead the film was shot in english and comanche both languages are spoken but when you hear english it's as if it's comanche he said Hmm. that but but what jean is speaking to uh, 
I think this person he was doing an interview with, on Hulu there will be a Comanche dub of the movie, so you can watch the entire movie in Comanche with the original actors returning to perform their roles. In an interview with Empire, Trachtenberg went on to say there's lip match, so choosing words to match the actor's mouth movements as closely as possible, um, that we do now, so it won't be like watching old kung fu movies. It's not that bad, but it is distracting. It's not yeah. it's not kung fu movie distracting though. I think <laughs> I think I agree that um with Chernobyl for example that it's like just do it in English whatever it doesn't matter. But I think mm. specifically because we're talking about like an indigenous culture and it's an indigenous culture in a story about like their land being invaded, I think there's like a iffiness to not doing it in Comanche when that was clearly an option. Yeah, and I think that the uh... Yeah, the director being, you know, mm. white. Yeah, doesn't help. Yeah. Um, it would appear, though, that none of the actors in Prey have appeared in any Barbie movies, um, nor any other film franchise Fortnite's movie. The only actor I recognized was Amber Midthunder, who was in Legion, mm. um, which I watched a little bit of, um, and she's really good in that. Uh, in an interview uh, with The Hollywood Reporter, Dan Trachtenberg said that Billy Soul, the Native American tracker in Predator, um, interpreted by Sonny Landham, who was half Sioux? Is that how you pronounce that word? The, like, the tribe? Sioux? S-I-O-U-X? I think it's Sue. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was in Predator, the first Predator movie. He led to the idea of this movie. Trachtenberg said that when he was too young to watch the film, um, when it came out, he heard some older kids talking about there was a scene where Billy stood on a bridge over a waterfall and fought the Predator. But then when Trachtenberg saw the movie, that scene was not in it. <laughs> he said <laughs> that the beginning of it is, but then it cuts away. So the seed was planted and he thought, wouldn't it be awesome to have a movie that focuses on that character's movie? And Prey isn't exactly that but it is spiritually i think that's pretty mm. great <laughs> yeah that's good so not only is the gun from predator 2 in this which is like it's it's um interesting to see it already like acknowledging a movie that isn't the first one um but the skull from uh, one of the creatures in predators is the mask that the predator and prey uses as his helmet um so this movie acknowledges both predator 2 and predators in some way uh which is very nice very cool to see yeah. uh i don't think it acknowledges the predator but i don't know how it would um mm. but yeah the the gun the gun from predator 2 is so interesting because it implies that the predators get the gun back somehow which is kind yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. a dark implication to the end of the film but richard what what baffles me so much about prey's existence and about the predator franchise so much so that we've already done a podcast on the subject (laughs) from from the first predator movie it is directly communicated to the audience that predators have been visiting earth for centuries um the the native girl in predator mentions like we've heard of this before basically um why the hell did it take them so long to expand upon that on screen and why does it feel like it was this weird out there idea that no one wanted to take a risk on like it is it had already been done in the comic books but it's been set up the gun in predator 2 feels like it is directly it's a smoking set, gun it's, it's a chekhov's it's, gun it's literally a chekhov's gun it feels like it's saying they've been here for so long so of course we're going to visit them and we don't visit them for 35 years we don't go back to the 
we don't explore that on camera on in film for 35 years and look they finally made one and it's the best one it fucking yeah. rocks why are you wasting your time on alien vs predator and fucking the predator when like there is a story engine written into the DNA of the series from the first film that has just never been expanded upon until now. I think that's so strange. Mm. Like It's wacky is what it is. <laughs> it's almost like they shouldn't be congratulated for doing it because it's like, yeah, no shit. Why did yeah, we... Yeah, I, I, was, I was really surprised to see how signposted Prey is. Yeah. Because- I mean, because it was originally announced as being like skulls, right? Yes. So, and, um, yep. Yeah, and and I remember like hearing all this and just thinking, oh yeah, like sounds wacky, sure. But yeah, I, I didn't think that there was. Precedent. I didn't realize until now that yeah that that it made so much sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the film was originally marketed as the name with the code name Skulls, but it got out that it was actually a new Predator film, and Trachtenberg indicated that the original intention was to market the film with no reference to the Predators, something no longer possible with the confirmation of the film's place in the franchise. He said, this was meant to be a surprise, been working on this for almost four years now. I am very sad that what we had in store for, for, for how you could discover this movie will no longer happen. It's a bummer, but also yay. Which, again, oh. I feel like how many times has one of us pitched a sequel, which is a a secret sequel, you know? I yeah. bet someone at Fox leaked today. I bet they were just like, no, nah, no, nah, we, we're not going to take a risk on no yeah, one that's, seeing Yeah, that's crazy. Movie. Which is interesting because, yeah, Dan Trachtenberg's like, only other film was like a secret surprise sequel to something as well. It's clearly something he enjoys, he enjoys yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. Any cool lines or moments that you liked from from Prey? I love it when um, Tabe. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We, if it bleeds, we can kill it when he, when that comes back. I think finally the coolest line from the original one is like implemented in a cool way. So <laughs> cool. Well, that is all of the movies. Um, let's move on now to a little segment called Meeting of the Elders, Richard. Where if you donate to our uh, cult elders tier over at patreon.com slash cult you get to join a little secret discord server where you can tell us what you think of the films and we'll read through all your thoughts now so what have we got from the cult elders this all week all right also brent from texas uh, last week said if it bleeds we can kill it was one of my favorite web point uh, web 1.0 memes wait that's not this week save that for predator <laughs> brent also went on to say Jesse Ventura was a wrestler, then an actor, then governor of Minnesota. He plays Blaine in Predator. Ah. Dan from LV426 says, I have nothing but positive things to say about the Predator films I've seen, except I am still livid about The Predator 2018. I went in excited, thrilled about a new darkly comedic action from Shane Black, who was in the original. How cool! I had heard it would be bad and was pleasantly surprised at the fun and promising third act. Then the second act hit and things started to fall apart. The third act came around and so just said, made me regret... third act before. He said fir- the fun and promising first act. Yeah, that's what I said. And the third act came around and just made me regret the entire experience. Don't get me started on the whole autism thing. It's such a promising setup to pit escaped convicts, our likely heroes, against a predator. Now that I type that up, I'm describing the best aspect of Alien 3. Oops. <laughs> I would like my hollow, my haiku reviews of the films to be read. And 
we've got the correct ones this time. Not going to read anything unwanted. <laughs> Predator 1987, four stars, perfect editing. Too, too many one-liners, so very 80s. I don't know if we've explained this in a while, but if you listen to this segment, Dan reviews all of their films in haiku form. Mm. So yeah. um, haiku reviews on Letterboxd. The Predator 2018, two stars, first act, solid fun. Second act, sloppy action. Third act, a hot mess. That's good that you're able to do that. Prey, four stars. A harrowing tale of an underdog to all, hunting the hunter. Also worth mentioning as well, there's a very good boy in Prey. Well, there's a dog, yes. Yeah. was untrained. And wow. um, they apparently used every scrap of footage of him that was usable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny because I saw a lot of people before I'd seen. It, I saw a lot of people praising the the dog's performance, and it's it's a testament to the editing. <laughs> you know, yeah. Predator was one of the first R-rated movies. This is Cheeseburster, so Predator was one of the first R-rated movies I saw as a kid. I rewatched it this week, and it rules. A more interesting setup than you might expect with the CIA stuff, and then it just turns into a great '80s action slash horror flick with a cool monster. I would disagree with it being a horror flick, but that's right. I watched Predator 2 for the first time the other day, and holy shit, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> Just a wild ride from start to finish that gets crazier and crazier with a who's who of 80s actors. Danny Glover is a madman. The ending is absolute insanity. Very fun to watch. Predators I saw back when it came out and rewatched recently. It's a good idea. Honestly, it's a good setup for a better AVP movie than any of the AVP movies. That is a great point. Interesting. Um, yeah, the warring yeah, yeah. factions. That's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Cheeseburst also says, Prey is the best movie of the franchise. The cast, the setting, the story, the acting, beautiful shots, five stars. The indigenous influence and representation needs to be talked about. The producer is indigenous and oh, that's good to know. And most, if not all, of the cast is as well. It's the first film to be released with a full indigenous dub alongside the English release as well. I know you'll probably talk about it, but it's worth mentioning. I think it is so great that Prey is about the it's specifically a female indigenous experience and mm. the um when we're talking about pitching period piece prequels and stuff the one thing i wasn't counting on was like just how much prey works because it has that intertextuality mm. in it and it makes me wonder if maybe there's more to it than what us and the twitter uh, army would have you believe that it just all it is is setting a film in a different time period i think yeah i think that prey is more than just a period piece in that sense Mm. I agree. Bliss My Dog is in Xanadu, says, The only time I tried to watch the first Predator movie, which those heathens at 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment ruined by screwing up the restoration with shite digital noise reduction. I heard about this, yeah. Commonly seen as one of the worst film restorations in history. Uh, but I digress. <laughs> Back to what I was saying, I attempted to watch the film, which a Google search had me informed as being the manliest film of all time. I wanted to watch this with my dog the day before he was set to get his balls chopped off as a final salute to his manhood. Poor puppy. Sadly, those heathens at 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment bjorked up again. My Blu-ray copy was not only a shoddy slash crap restoration, but the bloody thing didn't work. Five minutes in and it was already skippity doo dying major parts of the film due to the disc being defective. Honestly, 
I'm glad 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment no longer exists. I have nothing else to say of Predator because I never got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Hill has said, along with If It Bleeds We Can Kill It, Prey could have included another line that reoccurs throughout the franchise. Naru's main weapon is her hatchet. You could set up earlier in the film that the men think she should be using it to chop meat or something like that. So she refers to it as her chopper. Then in the final fight, it gets knocked away from her. She's pinned down and unable to reach it. And she shouts to the dog, sorry, get to the chopper. Everybody cheers. I would be so lame. And I think um, as soon as they announce, they establish it's called a chopper, it'd be like, oh, yeah, where's this going? <laughs> mm. uh, Tyler has said, former All Black Ma Nonu always gave me Predator vibes. <laughs> yeah, give the Americans to Google Ma Nonu and tell me he doesn't remind you of Predator. Would you read that out? That's the deal here, eh? Whatever the elders put, you got to read. I'm a big, st- I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. Hee hee, hee hee. You don't expect Martin Nonu to show up and film franchise Fortnite. Yeah, very predator vibes, though. I agree. <laughs> uh, and Paul Hill has pointed out, don't forget to rank Coming to America. Didn't we rank it? No. Oh my god, we forgot to rank it, and then we forgot to rank it, rank it. Thank you, Paul. I'll try to remember that. (laughs) Alrighty. That is the meeting adjourned for the Cult Elders section this week. Uh, Richard, we talk about titles a lot on this film, uh, on this franchise, on this podcast. Beg your pardon. Um, And love them or hate them, I think Predator's got to have one of the most interesting like franchise titling schemes because it feels like they've used up every format you could from the the simple (laughs) numerical, which we talked about with Predator 2, the pluralizing with Predators, adding a the um, to with the Predator and then changing the entire title. And I think, Richard, that is interesting. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what I think is interesting. What do you think of Prey as a title? So... I think that um, if the next one was called Prey 2, I'd be like, cool, mm. with it's a new what series. What if it was called Prey Tell? Prey Tell, that'd be fine as well. Or if the next one was called a different thing altogether, it's like, all right. We're Predator switching. 6. Yeah, if it's called Predator 6, I'm not going to watch it. But, I mean, it could be it could be following in the Prometheus Alien Covenant footsteps. It is a parallel to that in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and that the next one will be called, like, Predator 1776. Covenant. Predator Covenant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think part, part of me just wants... Like, the the one I, I dislike the most is The Predator. That should have been called something else, I think. The two Predators. It should have been called The Predator. The two Predators. I, I thought while, they're watching, while I was watching, I thought The Predator Head Start, because he gives them a head start at the end. But oh, head, yeah. head Start, because he rips heads off. I don't know. I thought yeah, that could be a cool The problem. Autistic Predator. The Predator Autism is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, uh, but what we want to do here now, Richard, is we want to continue the franchise. This is a segment where we pitch continuations of the franchise, but before we do, um, here are some stuff that's already in the works, or not in the works, because as I've mentioned, there's been a lot in the way of unmade films that have bobbed about the franchise 
over the years but the predator series has had quite a successful comic book run as i said before it's also had a series of novels and a few video games most notable of which would include 2005's predator concrete jungle for ps2 and xbox wherein the player controls a disgraced predator who must regain his honor by killing the humans who have stolen his technology um and then there's also 2020's predator hunting grounds which is an online battle royale game set in the remote jungles of the world and it tasks a team of four elite operatives with completing paramilitary operations before a single predator can find and eliminate them it's like the friday the 13th game so you don't know if you're yeah it's it's a a, asymmetric um horror action horror so like or dead by daylight but do you have the the other interesting thing about this this yeah so dutch returns in this game voiced by arnold schwarzenegger in his first return to the franchise ever Mm. isn't that weird you also have Alice Braga as Isabel oh. from Predators and Jake Busey as Sean Keyes from The Predator in it. Wow, awesome. That's great. Um, it's bringing it all together in the uh, the um, dubiously canonical video game format, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I have this downloaded. I haven't played it yet. We played um, it a little bit. It's all right. Yeah, because it, um, it was one of the free games mm. on PS Plus not that long ago. Yeah. We should play it. Let's uh, play it today. <laughs> when you're listening to this, I'll I have Monday off work. Okay. We all do because it's um it's a day of mourning. Hmm. You're listening to this on our national day of mourning here in New Zealand because the Queen died. In terms of movies, uh Prey itself hints at a direct sequel in the credits. Um at the end of the film is like a bunch of like Native American like drawings, like like that that art style and it it goes through the whole movie but then the last shot is uh the um the comanche characters looking up and the into the sky and a bunch of predator ships come through the clouds um so maybe we're not going to get a period piece uh jumping adventure maybe we'll stay in this period which is a perfectly valid um creative decision uh if a little not as interesting as what um I think a lot of people are hoping. Um, prior to the film's release, Trechtenberg stated that there are no discussions. That sorry, that there are discussions for additional installments <laughs> to be developed after the release of Prey, saying that their intent was to do things that have not been done before in the franchise. And in August, Bennett Taylor expressed interest in reprising his role as Raphael Adelini as the pirate he is in a potential prequel to Prey, serving as a loose adaptation of the 1996 comic book Predator 1718, and which Adelini was introduced reading it as research before shooting prey having aimed to bring as much of Raphael into prey that made sense this is the guy that has the pistol um, and he's a pirate he does die in in prey though He he gets killed um if it weren't for the fairly cheesy scene in predators where a yakuza gangster fights a predator with a samurai sword i'd say that feudal japan would be Mm. my next pick for where to take um the predator um I think that uh, I'd call it Ryoshi, which is the Japanese word for hunter. Um, IMDb trivia would point out that this is potentially a reference to the original film's working title. Mm-hmm. Um, the Japanese word for predator is Hoshuku Sha, which I didn't think sounded as cool. And uh, another title um, I'd like to see a predator period piece go by would be Apex. Um, it'd be cool if all the different period pieces were called like a different word you associate with Predator. Mm. I can't think of any others other than Prey or Apex, though. I looked it up. I didn't know what to Google. I Googled like associated words and it just gave me antonyms. So Weinstein. 
Yeah, Weinstein. Yeah. What's your continue the franchise? Um, I have two. So I really liked the character of Naru from Prey. And I think a game where you can uh, romance her would be fun. Like a dating sim and it's called Prey Data. <laughs> Why stop um, at Naru? Why can't we have every female character that's been... And fuck, bring aliens. You can The, the last level is you have to seduce Ripley. No, the last level is you have to seduce the alien queen. Yes! I realised that as you were saying it. That's so good. Um, but the the other idea I had, which is actually a joke you've already made on this podcast, but I thought of it before that, is I like the setup of Predators, that it's like you have... I, I love the idea of like a, of, of the predators bringing people to their planet to have something to hunt, you know? And I thought the idea of the predators getting a bunch of people who, well, let, let me say this. There's, there was a survey done that a full 6% of Americans believe that they could defeat a bear in, in, in unarmed combat. <laughs> now, how much? Sorry, six percent. Six percent, which a lot of people like. People say, "Oh, that seems like a lot." I I'm in the six percent. I think I could. I think I could defeat a bear. But I think you would also have a lot of people that would hop online and think that they could defeat a predator. And I like the idea of of the predators going through internet archives to find people that have said that they could fight a predator. And I think you can probably tell where I'm going with this because the film is titled Predator, but like Redditor. And it's spelt uh, like that. I thought you were going to say Internet Predator. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so it's it's Predators taking on people that have, have tweeted or posted online about how they think they could <laughs> defeat a Predator. Trolls versus Predator? Yeah. Hmm. Predator, Predator, Predator. Nice. Um. I believe my flatmate uh, at Pickle Darling on Twitter uh, tweeted Alien vs. Redditor earlier today. So oh, nice. it's out in the zeitgeist, so it'll probably happen. <laughs> well, look, regardless of what happens, there's got to be more of these movies because I don't understand why the Predators would keep coming back to Earth if they keep getting defeated. <laughs> like, that, that's my other thing, actually, as well. And that, that was part of my, my pitch, is that I want to see the Predators just really fucking people up because they always get defeated. You know, they're, hmm. they're supposedly the Apex Predator and they got defeated by, you know, some fucking lady in 1719. I reckon we must only see the stories where the humans win. That's my headcanon, is that this right, this yeah, is yeah. happening all over time and space, and we just happen to see the lucky ones. Mm, mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, Richard, now it's time to rank that franchise. We're over at letterbox.com slash... <laughs> two franchises to rank. Uh, list slash... Or slash Cole Popcher slash lists. We rank every franchise we have ever covered on the podcast. Let's rank... Um, let's rank... Uh, <laughs> uh, coming to America first. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really? You want to put it first? Yeah, I'm going to put it first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to put Coming to America. Um, did we like those movies or not? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it between... Um, the Amazing uh, Spider-Man and Strictly Ballroom. Oh my God, that's way higher. Than, but no, you're probably right. Um, oh, do you reckon it's more around the like Ace Ventura level? Yeah. 
I'm going to put it below Ace Ventura at 106. Okay. And then I'm going to add Predator. Pred. Uh, there it is. Okay. Uh, where are we thinking for Predator? Better um, than um, <laughs> better than Coming to America? Yes. I don't, like, I think... Um, here's, the, here's the interesting thing about ranking this, right? Is like... In 10 years, when we've had a bunch of sequels to Prey, I feel like this is going to be a much better franchise. But right yeah. now, as it stands, it feels a bit more uh, weighted in the more bad than good. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm thinking maybe quite close to the Nymphomaniac constant, which is mm. at 75. Um, I think it's probably better than Anchorman. It's, okay, I'm going to put it between Rugrats and the Mighty Ducks. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. All right, so it's 73. That is ranking the the DAT franchise. Um, Next week, uh, we're going to be doing um, Alien vs. Predator. So stay tuned for that. Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Um, That'll be... um, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Requiem. That'll be next week. Um, And after that, uh, we'll... Do we need to put up a franchise poll then when this goes? Yes, we should. We should have put one up last week probably. Ah. oh well oh well you only get one week to vote cucks mm. so that'll go up and you guys can suggest what you think we should watch after the uh avp saga is done please stay tuned for the post credit scene that'll come at the end of this episode um and also after the music finishes and if you liked this episode um please consider following us on all the places we're on twitter and instagram at cold popsha you can join the discord server which is in the show notes below and if you like you can join the patreon patreon.com slash cold popsha or as i just said you can do all sorts of fun things such as contribute to the post credit scene you can also tell us which movies to, to that we need to watch you can get exclusive podcasts it's all very fun uh, and i would like to bump up those numbers some rookie yeah. numbers we so should really record some of the our patreon yeah, stuff we're like month, why though? isn't anyone joining our patreon as we let the month tick over <laughs> mm. um yeah so stay tuned for the post credit scene and remember guys you're you're some ugly motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it? So this one comes to us from Tyler, who says, Fellas, 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 what are some of your favorite film soundtracks? Can you think of any songs that transcend the films they came from? Perhaps you could try harmonize one for us. For the record, I love Ozzy Osbourne's song Hellraiser. Um, that, that's favorite film soundtracks in terms of like original music for the film. Uh, Walk Hard is oh, a yeah, classic. Totally. Love yeah. that. And but in terms of um, you know curated soundtracks, um, I mean, yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy ones. I had one in mind. I can't remember. Watchmen's always stood. What? Stood, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Me. Desolation Row by My Chemical Romance is my favorite MCR song. It's a Bob Dylan cover. It was done for so Watchmen. You like? I, I'd say the Watchmen soundtrack, and you say like the, the to me the one unnotable song on the soundtrack is Desolation Row. It's like full of fucking Bob Dylan and Simon Shut and Garfunkel and Shut up. Nine Left, love balloons. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I will say, though, one that me is very near and dear to this podcast that we could perhaps harmonize if you want mm. is um, Alice Cooper's theme for um, Which <laughs> uh, one? Jason six? Lives Friday the 13th, part six. Yeah. Oh, but he's back. He's the man behind the mask. <laughs> and he's out of control. Sorry, oh, it's very hard back. to ha- harmonize over the internet. Yeah. Uh, but I that, that's, so... that's one that I um I put on every now and then. In fact, I'm probably going to listen to it while I clean my room after this. Um, I also <laughs> really like um, the original soundtrack for a movie called Begin Again, and oh, same yeah. same director did a movie called Sing Street, which is really cool music in it as mm. well. And Once, um, yep. Um, oh, the Rocky I, soundtracks. I don't like Once as much though. What, everyone thinks Once is his best movie. I think it's his worst movie. I think Sing Street's his worst movie. That's a very hot take, I know. Mm. The music in Sing Street's better, though, than the music in Once. I mean, Once has the best song in his filmography with no, Falling Slowly. It's fine. I don't it's Falling it. Slowly's a gorgeous song. I don't get it. I don't get it. You're falling too fast. Yeah. Falling in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> 